raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 75 years old, and I still wake up with a little guy saluting me. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Come on, let's wake up. Gotta wake up. Are you sure you want to wake up to this? Come on now, wake up. I can't wait to wake up. Wake up, idiot. All right, welcome in on a Thursday edition. It's the Wake Up Call here on The Fan. We're broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. Now, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm looking at Mark Dykton, who has a little bit of fear in his eyes. Uh-huh. I'm looking on a Zoom at Kevin Bowen, who looks, boy, you look tired. I don't mind saying it. You were texting at 5-something in the morning. And right now... I got to figure this out. I'm about to go under the table to see what's going on. None of our headphone jacks work. KB said they didn't send me a power cord, and he's in Florida. And the power <laughs> cord, you can't get it like a Best Buy. I almost said Circuit City. They went out of business nine years ago. So, fellas, I'm going to try to figure out why I'm not going to be able to hear anybody. But, KB, you look good. You guys made it. How's the first day of vacation with quotation marks around it, given that you're doing sports radio at 701? Well, I must admit, when I just heard you say that you're going to go under the table in the studio, I'm very glad that I'm not there mm-hmm. on this Thursday morning, to say the least. Um, I think the fellow the, the fellow passengers on Allegiant, they gave us a standing <laughs> ovation as we exited the flight yesterday. So grateful that uh, in total, there's five kids under eight years old uh, here uh, with us. And uh, to say that we were maybe a little bit misbehaving on the flight would be an understatement. But nonetheless, we have made it. Uh, good Thursday morning to all of our listeners. Out there, Pacers back in action tonight. It'll be Pacers and Bulls coming up 8 o'clock as they try to string together two in a row, something we haven't said about this team in quite some time, and a lot of Colts-centric news to get to uh, as they get ready to take on the LA uh, LA Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders coming up uh, on Sunday. Uh, but yes, no power cord for me, oh Andy, boy. so uh, if I drop out, you have Mark Dykton send the bat signal, and uh, I will try to fire up something called opal which sounds like i'm at like a uh i i, I don't know like a um maybe like a jewish wedding or something <laughs> i was gonna say it sounds like something from your grandmother now can you hear me <laughs> can you hear me because i i can hear you but i cannot hear myself whatsoever so loud okay. and clear okay. i've got you here and i've got you on the zoom this is yeah, nice i no. can like you know this is you know body language is great uh this is awesome you look fantastic well i hope everything is going good and like you said uh, the next couple days are going to be wild, but God bless you. What did you say, five kids under what were the ages? Yeah, so we've got two 15-month-olds, oh. or I guess one's 16 months, one's 15 months, and then uh, we've got, what, two three-and-a-half-year-olds, a five-year-old, and the seven-year-old. Uh, the seven-year-old and I went back and forth on naming NBA and NFL teams. Oh, I, I think like that, that got us. I think that maybe got us to Bloomington, uh, <laughs> and then the rest of the flight was quite the ordeal there. So, uh, But no, it, it is supposed to be um, you a know, pretty nice couple of days down here, so looking forward to spending a little family time, but uh, we'll be doing the shows, obviously, today and tomorrow as well. 
Yeah, you know, we have a, a busy show And by show the way, today. I hope no one uh, – by the way, I, I'm in the fitness center. I don't know if I uh, told you this. So I'm really hoping – so far we've had one dude, um, you know, just banging some weights together in here. Um, I'm hoping that no one uh, at this facility that we're at wants to get a workout in early in the morning or else things could get really awkward. Well, some people do that on vacation. Do you work out on vacation? Because I know people that get it out of the way – and that want to be working their normal, if it's 7 a.m., 8 a.m., the problem you have is someone's going to be down there, especially in the 9 o'clock hour. You're going to be trying to give Joel A. Erickson a question on (laughs) Zaire Franklin or (laughs) anything else in Colts land, uh, and you're going to hear some weights banging, some people are going to be pounded, the treadmill. I was wondering... P90X is going on in front of me come (laughs) 9-18 today. Did you guys ever try one of those the new year? Remember Insanity? I tried it one time, and I was like, yo, they're like, it's only an hour workout, but it's it's like it's such a workout. I'm like an NFL player does this workout. Like Jonathan Taylor does this workout, or Tyrese Halliburton does this workout. A normal guy like me who's trying to get in shape on January the fifth, he's not going to be able to do this workout. Not whatsoever. Yeah, I would. S- I would say my workout routine is getting up maybe uh, 30 free throws downstairs in our half-court gym that we have in the basement By back the way, there in I Indianapolis. I still haven't been there. I still have not sprint been after the free throw. Th- sprint after the rebound. Right. That's you know, and I'm rebound. like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll have a drop of sweat once the show ends here. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I view things. Yeah, Joel A. Erickson will join us coming up at nine o'clock. Scott Agnes will join us at eight thirty. Tony Adranya will join us. We'll talk some IU basketball at eight o'clock. I hear a door opening in the background. Someone's coming in to work out. This will be what we talk about the rest of the day. I mean, big story. I want to get into it 7.30. Colts playoff chances. I know you've written about this. We've talked about that on the show a bunch. And then on top of it, you know, Russell Wilson is on the verge of being let go uh, sometime after the season, probably in June, uh, because of how the contract works. And there's some just just jaw-dropping eye-opening numbers attached to that, and there's kind of a Colts connection to what may happen with Russell Wilson. So I want to dive into that as well. And then I think leading off today, uh, besides your vacation setup, for me, you know, yesterday the Colts have said, and we'll play some of that sound coming up, they've said all of the right things, that we're focused, that we can't let... 2021 happen again. I know we've talked about that. Greg Doyle in the Indy Star wrote about that this morning. Um, but the Colts said all the right things. We're dialed in. Steichen has said all the right things. I guess that can make you feel better. It's obviously such a huge game against the Raiders. And then for me as well, tonight, Pacers and Bulls. You know, the Pacers, you want to make the playoffs. You want to be a seed that's better than, you know, a play-in game, an eight seed, whatever it may be. Winning a game like the other night in Houston, winning a game tonight in Chicago, KB, those are the type of games you have to win. And while I'm not saying it's a big game tonight, it's just one of those low-key, you got to beat bad teams, you've already lost to Chicago, Uh, they don't have at least one superstar of theirs, if probably two, not playing tonight. Go get the win and take care of business. You did that against Houston. You haven't done that for the most part the last three weeks. And so that's where we are. You want to make the playoffs? You want to be a five seed? Something like that. You got to win a game like tonight. 
You know, it's funny that you bring up, you know, even the, the, the hint of seeding or like what a late December game could mean. You know, you've already lost the first game to Chicago this year. And if you look at the standings, uh, you are in the eight spot. Chicago's in the 10. Let's look ahead to Saturday. New York is in that seven spot right now. So these are very much teams that would probably be in some sort. Maybe Chicago won't hold on, but who knows? Um, you know, these are kind of the play in range teams that obviously it's important to get wins period, uh, but I think it's uber important to get you know head-to-head type wins, especially if you've already lost to Chicago. If you remember that game earlier in the year, just 105 points scored by the Pacers. That's obviously one of their lowest of the season. Uh, the Bulls made the plays down the stretch early in the early in the uh, uh, in the year uh, for that victory. Uh, but as you said, Andy, no Zach Levine, no Nikola Vucevic. You know, Vucevic is a guy that has certainly had some big games against the Pacers in the past. Obviously, Levine is a really talented guy. Uh, now, having said that, Chicago's won four of five. So, I like, know. even without Levine, which is multiple weeks, they have won four of five. Indiana is favored by a couple. Uh, did see the announcement yesterday. Bruce Brown will be out again tonight. I assume they'll just run it back with the same starting lineup that we saw on Tuesday night. Um, but again, it's a lot of size in that in that unit. You know, theoretically, it helps you out of the defensive end of the floor. Uh, do you have enough shooting around Tyrese Halliburton to kind of still maintain that offensive output that obviously has been such a big key for this team. So uh, just like Tuesday night, it'll be an 8 o'clock tip. Our coverage will begin at 7.30. Pacers and Bulls. I'd say pretty encouraging first injury report for the Colts yesterday. I know it was a walkthrough, but the fact that the expectation here at 7.09 Thursday morning is Braden Smith's going to practice later today, and we have not said that uh, since the first day of December. It's now the 28th day of December, so his last practice uh, was that Friday session right before the Tennessee game. And Andy, when you think about it, it hasn't happened often this season, but when the Colts have had their expected starting offensive line they have had pretty good success and especially when you know those guys have played really the entire game I think back to Tampa one of the better run games of the season I think back to Baltimore again there aren't a lot of instances of it through the course of the year but right now at least on paper, there appears to be an opportunity to have that come Sunday. And you know, certainly the Max Crosby storyline uh, is a huge domino off of Braden Smith's availability. Are you guys, are you guys, are, do the Bowens, do you guys cook during vacation or do you guys go out to like a pirate restaurant every single night while you're in Florida? No, That's we will question. do a little bit of a, yeah, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a mix. I believe we passed a restaurant called Porky's on the way in <laughs> from the airport. Is there anything Great that movie. says you are in Florida like Porky's oh, restaurant, no, right? No, no now have perfect. you have you guys ever been to Key West? Uh, no, you know what? Like I don't to. think I have. And by the way, since we're doing all this on the air, Mark, I cannot hear you either. We're oh. just testing what we can hear, what I can hear, and what I can hear. By the way, who do we need to blame for this? Is this a query thing? Did uh, did Ray sure. Cross sit here? What happened? Did Jake do this? How do we Someone's leave shoving M and M's in yeah, the headset? Everything's jacks, working maybe? at ten o at ten o one. We come back and it's seven o one. Hell is broken loose in the drivehubler.com studio. I'm more functional in the fitness room in Marathon, Marathon, Florida than you guys are back in studio. Uh, for any of those that have been to the Key West Airport, boy, is that a sight to see. Oh, uh, one baggage claim. I mean, I'm looking for a beer after the flight. Uh, I had a better chance of, you know, whatever, finding a free keg than I did finding Oon beer there. So uh, it was quite the sight, the Key West International Airport, which I love, you know, 
every time you hear international, you think it's got to be this exclusive oh, airport. Yeah. Uh, nothing like that. But it was nice, like exiting onto the tarmac. You know, I haven't had many flights where uh, you know it's in such nice weather. You literally get off the plane and you're on the tarmac. Oh, but that's you feel what big was, time? Uh, Did you feel big yeah, time? Well, like you're on a private jet or something? Yeah, kind of big time, and then you know Max Bones, you know, clinging to my legs. So then I was like, all right, humble, <laughs> humbled very quickly on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, Pacers tonight, and you mentioned the Colts. Uh, it's just so much in front of them. And listen, I think they get it. Uh, I mean, listening to the players, whether it be Ryan Kelly, whether it be Jonathan Taylor, whether it be Shane Steichen yesterday, KB, they get it. They understand how bad. They played the other night, and they understand how well the last couple games, and especially, you know, I got thinking, you know, that Raiders-Chiefs game, not that 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 game would slip under the radar, but that wasn't a Sunday at 1 o'clock game, right? That wasn't even a Sunday at 425. Everybody's watching that game. I mean, we've talked about the ratings uh, that ESPN has had, the ratings that CBS had over the holiday weekend. It, It felt like... A lot of those games, maybe not Giants-Eagles, definitely Niners and Ravens and most definitely the Raiders and Chiefs, that people were locked into those games. And because of that, because you're spread out with eight, nine games in the 1 o'clock hour and three, four games in the 425 slot or the 405 slot on a normal Sunday, you watch the red zone, you're just not seeing every play. You're seeing parts of plays, but you're not seeing every play. And so people were watching, for instance, every play of Lamar Jackson against the San Francisco 49ers and what happens? Well, now Brock Purdy can't win the MVP and I know he was so bad with four interceptions and three in the first half that he you know, would, would be cast aside anyway but everyone saw that with their own eyes and then on top of it, you saw Lamar Jackson be the alien that he can be and now it's like, okay, well he played good on the holiday weekend, now you know, now now he's going to be the, MB, uh, the MVP front runner and I tell you I really think there's some of that with this Raiders team. This Raiders team has no, I mean listen, they have very shaky quarterback play. Their all-star running back is out. Uh, They have a disgruntled number one wide receiver but through it all, with Antonio Pierce in the last couple weeks, they've been seen and they got you know, they, they, they had everybody watch their game over the weekend where they physically dominated the Chiefs. And so I think that matters going into this game. I think the Colts fans saw it. I think the Colts themselves saw it as a standalone game. And I don't think there's any look. Listen, they can lose to the Raiders, but there's no, hey, we're, we're, we're going to pound our chest here like maybe you saw against Atlanta and maybe the focus won't be there like we know we saw against Atlanta. They may lose on Sunday, but some of those other things, that won't be the reason they lose on Sunday. And that's at least a good thing as we sit here on this Thursday morning. You know, the only thing that gives me pause when you say that is I feel like I uttered something similar after watching Jake Browning on Monday Night Football. I was like, hey, you know, this was a standalone game and it's Bengals and Jags and Jake Browning's not going to sneak up on the Colts. Now, having said that, one thing I will say about the Raiders last week or even the Raiders the week before, they have some individual stars and they kind of always have, to be honest with you. But I think their performances the last couple of weeks are really fluky. And by that, I mean this. Uh, I saw a statistic yesterday. The Raiders have scored two defensive touchdowns in each of the last two games. The NFL has not had a team do that since the 2012 Chicago Bears. 
So when you think about putting up 60-something against the Chargers or you think about getting that victory like they did against the Chiefs with those back-to-back defensive scores in a you know two-minute span, if that, um, that's really fluky. I mean, it, it, you just can't pencil that in of like, oh, yeah, they're going to have a pick six on Sunday or, yeah, they're going to have a fumble return for a touchdown. And they've had that twice in each of the last two weeks uh, because, you know, Aiden O'Connell's stats are very pedestrian when you look at it here in his rookie season. Uh, and we'll continue to watch the status of Josh Jacobs, their running back. I know uh, uh, they still had a pretty nice rushing performance without him, but I think he's a really dynamic runner. I think he was listed as a DNP, did not participate in their, in their walkthrough yesterday. So again, today for both teams, Colts and Raiders, Raiders on a short week. It'll be the first practice of the week. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. progressing well. That was the update from Shane Steichen. He was listed as a participant in the walkthrough. So again, expectation is Braden Smith will practice today as will Michael Pittman Jr. Certainly several steps still to clear, especially for Pittman the rest of the week, but those are some important things to keep an eye on as Sunday inches closer. We'll go over some playoff scenarios. We'll touch on Russell Wilson. Pro Bowl voting ends this week. Teams announced next week. I know a lot of fans simply write it off. The game stinks. Who cares who makes it? (laughs) Guys care about this. And again, it's not just a fan vote. It's a third fan, third coach, third player. Who on the Colts deserve to be Pro Bowlers? We'll touch on that today as well. Tony Adranya to talk IU coming up at 8 o'clock. They're back in action with, honestly, not just a cupcake. Coming up tomorrow night with Kennesaw State. Scott Agnes at 8.30, Joel A. Erickson at 9. Right now, it's me and the free weights in the fitness center. Let's pray it's that way for the next two and a half hours. Good Thursday morning to you. Thanks for uh, spending that with us. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, time for your morning check down. We've been talking a lot about it, and we will today and tomorrow, and that is Colts and Raiders on Sunday. Head coach Shane Steichen meeting with the media yesterday. Here's what he said about the Raiders. Yeah, they're playing at a high level. Starts with 98, uh, one of the best players in the league. Obviously, we got to have a plan for him. Uh, Koontz on the other side, he's playing really good football. they got good players on the back end. I think they're playing with a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Uh, you know, big win, obviously, against, uh, you know, Kansas City last week. And uh, offensively, they got a lot of weapons. Devontae Adams, the premier receiver. The back's really good. The tight end's good. Uh, Renfro's a good player. Um, they got a lot of talent. So we got to be ready to roll. Um, we got to bring great energy. Great effort uh, come Sunday uh, and go out and execute. You think better chance Max Bowen becomes Max Crosby in his life or Hunter Renfro? Probably Hunter Renfro would be. Doesn't he have like nine catches or does he have more the last couple weeks? Didn't McDaniels hate him? Wasn't that the story? Yeah, he, he's been very quiet. And, you know, he's Andy, you probably don't realize this. He was the Colts killer back a couple years ago uh, in a huge week 17 game when the Raiders came into Lucas Oil Stadium and beat Carson Wentz and company. Uh, again, pretty good-looking first injury report for the Colts. Granted, it was a walkthrough, but you had Braden Smith participating for the first time in three weeks and, and Michael Pittman and Zach Moss. Um, you know, Moss did not play against the Falcons. So first actual practice of the week coming up today for the Colts. Again, they remain a about a field goal favorite as we look ahead to Sunday. 
All right, tonight in the Windy City, it'll be the Pacers and Bulls. That is an 8 o'clock tip as it's the second matchup between these two teams. Much different-looking matchup for both of these teams since they met earlier this season. That was a Chicago win. Obviously, the Pacers have retooled their starting lineup a couple of times since. No Zach Levine, no Nikola Vucevic for the Bulls. They still have won 4 or 5, though. Uh, Levine has missed all those games. Vucevic has been out for a couple now. Pacers are a slight favorite in this one. And again, the schedule really toughens up in January. But Andy, these are the games. Chicago tonight, yep. New York on Saturday. You start standing watch and like, you know, we're what? Tonight's the 30th game of the NBA season. I mean, we are starting to get into a little bit more of that, you know, okay, let's pay attention to this a little bit more. Uh, these are important games, especially after you lost Chicago earlier this season. Yeah, Chicago's just one game. I mean, they have, they're fourteen and eighteen. You're fifteen and fourteen. <laughs> so it's not like it's not right. like they're a six-win team. It's not like they're Charlotte or Washington or Detroit or any of those teams. No, it's uh, you got to win tonight. And I, at some point, will make my joke that Billy Donovan has had the same haircut for the last thirty-five years because <laughs> KB he has had the same haircut for the last thirty-five years. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, the wallet a little bit lighter for Kevin Bowen this morning. Uh, Tulane. Uh. Uh, losers by 21 in the military God. bowl presented Brutal. by bowling.com. Now, Go ahead. Now, how about my Mountaineers? <laughs> the state of West Virginia they was born to eat mayo. You're damn right. So there you go. They did get it done last night. Yeah, that was not good. Now, now today, bowl-wise... <laughs> Are we at, we're in baseball stadiums and we're eating Pop-Tarts. Does that cover everything? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, the Fenway Bulls coming up at 11 a.m., so that's going to be going on uh, during uh, Query and Company. Boston College and SMU, and then these are staggered. At 2.15, you have the bad boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Of course, that's <laughs> in uh, Yankee Stadium. Uh, Miami, you have Miami, yuck, and Rutgers. Okay, so that's a fun one. The Pop-Tart Bulls, actually a good one. Kansas State and NC State, and then the the nightcap, no one's going to be awake. Uh, it's like 10-15 tonight, the Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma and Arizona. Uh, so that's what you have set up tonight. Not a bad bowl season. You, you like any of these tonight? Now those are two. Arizona, Oklahoma... Arizona-Oklahoma's two top 15 teams. Now, granted, obviously, yep. what do they look like at this point of the transfer portal era? Uh, I, I think I probably should just pay attention to the family today and not bet on any of that. Uh, but I can't wait to see what Pop-Tarts pop out of the trophy here coming up later today. Uh, other a couple items of football. I, I Do we watch Thursday night football? I guess this is the end of it uh, here this season. It'll be the Browns and the Jets. The Browns still need to cl- officially clinch a playoff spot. Uh, they are a touchdown favorite over the Jets. I saw something yesterday, Andy, where Cleveland right now is without their starting quarterback, backup quarterback, starting running back, right tackle, left tackle, middle linebacker, strong safety, uh, kicker, and punter. Is that it? It's a pretty light injury report, I'd say. Exactly. Again, Kevin Stefanski is your coach of the year. Yeah, he probably he probably is. Uh, last one for me, well, KB. Well, don't you want Joe Flacco also to just kind of stick it to the Jets? Like, hey, you guys didn't think I was good enough to save your season, and yeah, I'm not good enough try for to the throw Jets. Four straight three hundred. Oh, that's games. a great point. Yeah, I don't know if he'll even have to do that, but that could be the case. And just last one for me, CJ Stroud. We know these things can be touchy. Is moving through 
the concussion protocol. He's in the fourth step, KB, of that protocol is C.J. Stroud. Uh, And so he's expected to practice. He did a little bit of practice yesterday. We'll see where he's at, but it's trending. Again, he's got to be cleared. We know how these things go. We've seen it with Michael Pittman just last week. C.J. Stroud a much better chance of playing than last week. Never had a chance last week. This week already has moved through the fourth phase. Uh, We'll need to be okayed. We'll need to be cleared before Sunday, obviously. But things are trending at least in a more positive direction. That's big if you're the Colts watching what the Texans do. And, you know, his concussion, Andy, took him out for two games. So, you know, this would be his third game uh, that he could miss. And, you know, right now it looks like he will be playing coming up. They've got the – who do they've got? they got the Titans. Is that right? Yep. Yep. They have the Titans at home. So that game is in Houston. And, boy, it's just a – you know, they're not in looking out. The Colts are in looking out. It's just an absolute must win for C.J. Stroud and company. All right, on the other side, we'll get back into the Colts conversation. A little bit of Russell Wilson as well with that news. I think Colts fans can relate a little bit. I know the financial hit for Denver is quite a large, large amount, but honestly, the Colts fans have been in a boat. Not that exact same similar situation, but the Band-Aids, it is a very, very fickle situation when you opt to go that route NFL-wise with quarterbacks, and Denver's going to pay for it dearly, it seems. We'll go over some playoff scenarios as well. And again, Pro Bowls. Colts got anyone? One that is deserving of a Pro Bowl nod as those teams voting ends this week. Those teams get announced next week. We'll touch on that as well. Tony Adrania to talk IU at 8. Scott Agnes at 8.30. Joel A. Erickson at 9. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, appreciate you waking up with us. It is the Wake Up Call, KB and Andy. KB is in Florida right now. Going to have some, uh, I would say, rest and relaxation. But with all the kids, it doesn't sound like there's going to be much rest or much relaxation. Uh, but he's there in Florida. I'm back here in the DriveHubler.com studios. Again, Tony Adrania going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll talk some IU basketball with him. IU and Purdue get back in action uh, tomorrow night. I really wish they were in action last night. I mean, there was nothing 
focusing on last night, except for some crappy bowl games. So uh, we have that coming up. Scott Agnes going to join us coming up at 8.30. Of course, the Pacers in Chicago tonight. And then coming up uh, in the 9 o'clock hour, Joel A. Erickson of the Indy Star. I also... At some point today, KB, I want to dive into a little bit of sound, including uh, Jair Alexander yesterday, the corner there for the Green Bay Packers. I know, Mark, you saw it this morning. You were dubbing that sound over. Uh, For people that don't know, Jair Alexander is a good player, but he's been often injured, I would say, uh, in the NFL. But he is a good corner. Uh, The Packers took him. He came out Lamar Jackson. He was with Lamar Jackson there at UofL. And he's a good player. Again, he's a very good player. Um, He went to Michigan. Midfield on his own accord to call the coin toss in overtime between between the Packers and the Carolina Panthers. Something I have never seen in my life. Usually, there's designated captains. He said, "To hell with all y'all. I'm going to midfield. I'm gonna make the call on the coin toss." And he almost screwed up the entire thing. I know you haven't heard this sound, but you have seen him at his locker room, KB, with the big Hollywood sunglasses on, spouting off. It's fantastic sound, and it's a great story for the Green Bay Packers. Packers. Yeah, he's crazy. Is yeah. a suspension, though, necessary? I mean, can't we just go big fine? Really? <laughs> well, I, it's easy It's easy when a player has probably been a little bit of a problem in the past and when your season yeah, is over. You know, the season is over at this point for the Packers. I don't know if mathematically if they have point, you know, oh, 0.01% to make the playoffs, but for all intents and purposes, uh, their season is over. Okay, so I wanted to ask you guys this. And again, Tony Adranya will talk some IU basketball coming up in about 25 minutes. Uh, The big news that came down yesterday was that Russell Wilson is set to be released here at some point. I believe it's going to be post-June 1st, okay, uh, by the Denver Broncos. And everybody knows uh, that this contract is a bad one. We've talked about this contract. We've talked about this contract. We've talked about Deshaun Watson's contract as well in the NFL. Now, bring this back to the Colts here in just a second. But what the Broncos are doing, for people that don't know, you know, really until, you know, the story is actually kind of juicy. If they would have beat the New England Patriots this past weekend, Kevin, you know this, they would have been right in the thick of all the playoff stuff. Okay, and they would not have benched Russell Wilson. Now, their backup is Jared Stidham, and I know everyone's like, Sean Payton wants to see what he has with Stidham. No, no, he doesn't. Nobody wants to see what they have with Stidham, okay? That would be like Colts fans saying, you know what, Gardner Minshew, he's not playing his best football. You know what I want to do? I need to see what Sam Ellinger has. It doesn't mean Sam Ellinger can't play, uh, you know, well. It doesn't mean Jared Stidham can't play well, but you know what you have with those particular guys. So anyway... So they are benching for the final two games are the Denver Broncos. They're benching Russell Wilson. And they're doing so because if Russell Wilson next year, okay, if Russell Wilson next year cannot pass a physical, they would owe him 30, I believe it's 37 or 39. No, it would be 30, yeah, it would be 39 mil, okay, if he cannot pass a physical. So in other words, if he gets injured and he gets injured badly in the next two weeks, again, when you're out of the playoff race, 
if he were to get injured, you have to hand him essentially nearly $40 million no matter what. And they did this the final two games. Now, here's the here's the catch. They told Russell Wilson two months ago, Kevin, that, hey, we want you to change this clause in your contract. And Russell Wilson's like, to hell with you. His agents are like, to hell with you. Why would I do such a thing? And I back Russell Wilson. Why would he do such a thing if the team was okay coming up with this contract? Everybody agreed to the contract to now go back. Of course, it's a horrific contract for the Denver Broncos. Everybody said that at the time. We've been saying it the last couple years, uh, and that's too bad. You sign a bad contract, right? The Cleveland Browns. You sign a bad contract, you better hope guys like P.J. Walker and Joe Flacco can lead you to wins. And for them, they've been able to do it. But this is going to be crippling for the Broncos because they're going to pay him nearly $40 million, or they would have paid him nearly $40 million if he got injured. They're going to end up paying him over $35 million anyway just to cut him, okay? So they're going to give him, the number's actually 39. They're going to give him 39 mil to walk away, KB, and then over the next two seasons, the next two seasons, because they're going to outright get rid, outright cut Russell Wilson, they're going to owe him or the team, excuse me, the team is going to have 85 mil in dead money over the next two years. I mean, money they cannot use. And again, they're going to be on the hook for 34, uh, 35.4 mil in 2024 and 49.6 mil in 2025. And so it's funny It's going to be crippling for the Broncos. They're going to have to draft well, find low-end free agents, coach some guys up, get a cheap quarterback, and all those things. So, I mean, yeah, when you look at the Colts, it's an AFC team. Uh, Sean Payne, you know, they're they're in a full rebuild right now, and they're acknowledging that it's a horrific deal, one of the worst contracts in the history of the NFL. So that's number one. Number two, how does it relate back to the Colts? And I ask you this because this is – where the conversation could have been had the Colts kept limping quarterbacks along. And by the way, for the YouTube audience, we have now a picture of Kevin Bowen oh uh, in the Mark YouTube does this. In the YouTube chat. Well, you're looking good. Is that a recent photo, Mark? By the way, I can't uh, tell. I think that's an old one, but if Kevin gets out of line, I have a horrific photo of him, so just keep that <laughs> yeah, in mind. Mark, that's actually one of the better ones here. Will you send that to me, Mark? Yeah. He wants to be my LinkedIn, LinkedIn picture. Yeah, that, that's an action shot of you doing sports talk radio. You can put that up on LinkedIn or your Twitter avatar or something. So last thing on this, how, how does it pertain to the Colts? Well, obviously, it's the AFC. If the, if the Broncos are bad, it's a team you don't have to worry about and everything else. Okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, that is out there. The other thing is, you know, if the Colts kept limping quarterbacks along, one-year, two-year type patchworks, and maybe they thought Carson Wentz was going to be something different. Everybody knows what I think of Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers and these guys, these short-term solutions, you know, if Anthony Richardson were not here, I think we'd be talking about is Russell Wilson a short-term solution for, and then you fill in your team, right? And for us, it would be the Colts. If nothing else, uh, it is hilarious drama in the NFL that this guy is going to get paid so much money to not even play. 
And then again, secondly, I do wonder, do you think we would be talking if this were a Gardner Minshew team this season and we didn't know what next year was going to mean for the Colts? If they were going to draft somebody, bring Minshew back, bring in another vet, whoever that may be, you have Russell Wilson who, you know, he won a Super Bowl. He is still kind of respected, I would say, by some in the NFL. What are your thoughts on that as yesterday that drama went down and uh, and Russ Wilson going to get a chunk of change to not play football next year for the Broncos? Well, uh, I mean, on top of all those finances, Andy, how about the two first-round picks they gave up? Yeah. How about the two second-round picks they gave up? Several players it's unbelievable. they gave up as well It's a fleecy. in that trade. Um, you know, I remember having a conversation like this back after the Andrew Luck retirement, and obviously that retirement happened in late August. You certainly couldn't do anything ahead of that 2019 season. But then when you got to the spring of 2020, that's when the talk began of, okay, what do you do at quarterback now moving forward? I've never been a Band-Aid guy. I've never been a big uh, stopgap, you know, yep. quick fix, this and that. Sure, Stafford, anomaly. Tom Brady, anomaly. Peyton Manning walked into a hell of a situation in Denver as well. Um, these stories, like the Russell Wilson ones, uh, they happen way too often. And again, this one has much more of a financial, um, just a, a massive headline. But still, a lot of teams think they can go down this path and then – in the middle of it, what does Denver do? They then turn over a whole new regime. So now Sean Payton has zero ties to Russell Wilson. Um, so, of course, at the first sign of any sort of inconsistency, poor play, however you want to describe it, of course Sean Payton's going to try and bail. And clearly they are. Um, so, again, I, I've never been a Band-Aid guy. Again, I go back to that 2020 draft, and you know certainly the Colts traded their pick for DeForest Buckner, and he's been a really, really nice player. But if you look at the quarterbacks taken in that draft, whether it was a big trade-up for a Tua or a Herbert, or whether it was taking Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's going to go down as one of the better drafts we've seen in in, in years, decades, really. And to me, you got to rip the Band-Aid off, and you've got to fully embrace a rebuild. And now, all of a sudden, with them benching Russell Wilson, Andy, they turned to Jarrett frickin' Stidham. It's not like they even have a young, a young guy. dude they drafted right. in the third round, right. whatever, a year ago, two years ago, something like that. So they're just doing the same song and dance now going into next offseason with no young QB, no great draft capital. Obviously, their finances are in total you know, shambles as well. So, yes, to your point, it's one of the worst acquisitions, certainly in NFL history. Uh, and I... I I guess Russell Wilson will play for the league minimum somewhere else next year. Yeah, he'll play for the league minimum next year, and he'll make $40 million <laughs> from the Denver Broncos while doing it. It's unbelievable. And I think for me, you know, they they he knew a couple months ago that this was going to happen, and he kept it quiet, and they made a little bit of a run here. Uh, again, right. if, if they well, beat again, New England. they are still in the mix. If they win out and Kansas City loses out, they get in, which is, it, it, it's, you know, when the Colts bench Matt Ryan last year, they were out of it as out of it could be. So, like, they didn't have this sort of, oh, well, there's still this sliver of hope that we could get into the postseason there. Uh, and, again, I was a huge fan of the Colts doing that. Uh, in a way, I guess I find it fitting that this is happening with Matt Ryan on the call here of Colts and Raiders coming up on Sunday. But uh, we have seen teams do this. The Raiders did it even last year with Derek Carr. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny that, you know, the AFC West now, we've we've uh, seen it here a couple times. I believe Jarrett Stidham, if I'm not mistaken, was the guy 
guy that the Raiders turned to last year after benching Carr. So, uh, yeah, just a absolutely horrific move by the Broncos. And uh, everyone, I think, tries to hold on. You know, they think, hey, we're just a quarterback away. Hey, we can go find this. We can, we can go fix find him. It. We're going to resurrect this guy. We're going to get him back to play him like his old self. And whether it was Rivers, whether it was Wentz, whether it was Matt Ryan, it didn't work here. And, you know, even if Rivers, by all accounts, had a really nice one season, Andy, it got you into the playoffs. You lost in round one. And then all of a sudden, you didn't have any young options. And in my opinion, I'm always been of the belief that if you're not going to have this deep playoff run sort of team, opting for a little bit of youth at that position and development, i.e. what the Colts try to do this year, of course, with Anthony Richardson, is the exact route to go to try to set you up for you know a, a, a nice kind of five to six year window of success. All right, Colts playoff chances, going to get to them here in a second. Last thing on this, and I say this with a smile, and I say this understanding it, but I guess part of me doesn't understand it. People hate Russell Wilson, KB. <laughs> they don't they don't like the guy at all. People are joyful in him being benched. And I, I just boy, he went from being he went, I mean, he's a pariah, I feel like, in the NFL. He went from being one of the more liked guys to being uh, one of the more laughed at guys, people rooting against him in the NFL over what, a three year period? Maybe something like that. I mean, I, do do that many people hate Sierra and they love future? I mean, what's going on? I mean, well, it, it must be the case. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've watched one of those music videos of Sierra, and I, <laughs> I would not use the word hate to describe my opinion. <laughs> Woo! I'd say Russell Wilson's uh, doing a damn good job. Leave my man Russ tr- alone. As we try to transition from that, now you got me all a little hot and bothered is here anyone, in the fitness center. Well, is anyone in there yet? Is anyone in the fitness so far, center? No, that was a maintenance person in here okay. earlier. And just, I mean, you want to talk about someone that's just a great human being. He could tell, you know, something weird was going on sure. with the guy in the corner. Uh, and he, you know, just quietly closed the door. Oh, she can still get out. it, right? And, uh, tell him thank you. Tell him, <laughs> tell him thank you for, for being so now, quiet. I, I can't uh, wait to the first people. There's going to be a couple that's going to come down. Uh, and well, it's also raining outside, oh, and so I'm no. like, oh boy, you yeah. Know, so there no with one the can run and run outside, right? You know, it'd be one thing if if they just come in here and you know what do whatever they need to with their free weights. That's fine, but you know we can't be getting on any of these machines in here. So uh, we are so slowly <laughs> approaching an hour, and I'm very grateful to be an hour into this thing. Uh, Colts playoff chances. Andy, in simplest terms, they can't clinch and they can't be eliminated this weekend. I guess if you want to look at it of like, okay, what does Sunday matter? Now, it still matters. It matters a whole lot. Uh, It's a head-to-head tiebreaker over another team that now is in the mix with the Raiders. It's another AFC win. That is important when you talk about conference record and that tiebreaker there. Um, But this is still shaping up to be a, okay, Houston in Week 18 is really, really going to matter. A lot of people have asked, so I will repeat this. Even if the Colts go 2-0, win both their final games, Raiders and Texans, that does not guarantee them a spot. They need to avoid Cincinnati being tied with them in a head-to-head tiebreaker situation. If it's multiple teams involved, and right now you have that. Right now you have four, eight, and seven teams. Indy, Houston, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, based off those tiebreakers, the Colts are actually the lone 8-7 and seven team in the playoffs. So uh, basically, it's this. You win them, and you cheer for Cincinnati to lose. You probably also uh, you know, don't want Pittsburgh 
to win their final two as well. If they were to win their final two and you drop one of two, they would get in over you. And obviously next week with Houston matters a whole lot considering uh, the winner of that one will finish above the other one here this season. And Cincinnati right now has Kansas City and normally that would be I just give them no chance of winning. But Kansas City, it is. Uh, Kansas City is just so embattled right now. I, I don't know if it's lack of talent. I don't know if it's bad mojo. I don't know if it's, hey, you've been good for, what, four or five seasons. You're going to take a step back. Now the step back would still have them in the playoffs. I don't know what it is. I guess I feel like Cincinnati still loses that game. That's how I feel, at least right now. By the way, that is a seven-point spread, uh, which is a whopping spread. Of course, if Joe Burrow was playing, it might flip the other way uh, several points. But so they, they Jamar Chase is banged up. Yeah, great point. They're in Kansas City, and then they have Cleveland at home. And we talked about this yesterday, KB. I, I don't know what that Cleveland game is going to mean. Um, this is where the NFL having it to where, in this instance, the AFC South having to have the four seed, just like the NFC South having to have the four seed in the playoffs, that if that wasn't the case, you would have Cleveland perhaps playing for something more, right? Like if Cleveland lost this week, and the Buffalo Bills won, which I think they will, then both of those teams would have 10 wins. And then, you know, it would matter. Seeding would absolutely matter. I mean, there is a chance that Cleveland would be slotted in, I mean, basically as as the five seed. I mean, that, that that is probably what we're looking at. They do play the Jets on Thursday. You made the joke of, are we going to watch Thursday Night Football? Of course we're going to watch Thursday Night Football. That would get them to 11 wins. The only other team they would contend with with 11 wins would then be the Dolphins, and the Dolphins have the Ravens. Uh, so there is a chance, you know, Miami on, I mean, Miami in the cold on the road against Baltimore in that defense. I, I mean, who expects the Dolphins to win that game? Historically, that is a game the Ravens have won. If they won that game and Cleveland won as well on Thursday, then Cleveland would have 11 wins. And I'm not exactly sure how the tiebreakers would, would go there, but you would have a couple different teams with 11 wins. Then that game at the end of the season for Cleveland, Cleveland would mean something, and I just can't imagine Cincinnati is going to win, is going to beat Cleveland with something on the line, and then is going to win at Kansas City with Jake Browning. I give them credit for keeping their season afloat. I, I really do. It was a good job by them to keep their season afloat, but I just cannot believe that those teams are going to be able to march through those two weeks. Those are two quality teams still in the end. Now, one thing to note on that end, Andy, though, is this. You could get Cleveland and Baltimore locked into their seeds after this week. So they might be resting in week 18. And so let's look at Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, okay? Pittsburgh's at Seattle. That's obviously a tough game for Pittsburgh on Sunday. If they were to win that game, though, they get Baltimore next week. Well, again, Baltimore could be locked into a seed. So do they play Lamar Jackson? Do they play Odo Beckham Jr.? You know, like, how do they handle that in Week 18? Same thing with Cincinnati's opponent in Cleveland. Cincinnati obviously is Kansas City. We just touched on it. No Burrow, no, you know, maybe no Jamar Chase. That, that's still a very difficult game in Arrowhead. Kansas City's still playing for things. Um, if they win that, then they get Cleveland. And if Cleveland wins tonight, they're probably going to be that five seed. Like, or yeah, five seed. They would be the top wild card seed there. So, keep it. 
All right. it, I think it's perfect time to go to a break. When yeah, Kevin's game, is but then all of a sudden, if you're telling me, oh, there it is. It's okay. Yeah, no, let's go to a break. I guess the only thing I would say is, uh, KB, and I don't know if you can hear us, is it, it, Miami has Baltimore this week. If Miami were to lose, you would have an 11-5 and Miami team. And if Cleveland won on Thursday against the Jets at home, which we suspect they will over the Trevor Simeon-led Jets, they would be 11-5 and as well. And the two teams have not played each other this year. Uh, that that would be my only thing. So then they would enter the final week with Cleveland having a chance to be the two seed, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Again, I would have to look at the situation, scenarios, all those things. But, um, yeah, it, 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 obviously if the Ravens are still playing for something because, you know, being the two seed, you get the second home game. Right. If you were to it's win, valuable. you know, yeah, versus being that three seed as, uh, as well. One thing to note, Colts playoff-wise, the AFC South door is still ajar. Now, again, you need Jacksonville to lose one of the last two. They've got Carolina. Then they've got Tennessee to end the season. Trevor Lawrence did not practice yesterday, correct? Correct. Have you seen Have you seen the photo of him being hit like helmet to helmet in his face looking no. like mush? Oh, I got to bring that up during the break and show you. It's un- You would have thought it was AI, that it was some sort of generated computer BS. Oh, it's unbelievable. So we will keep an eye on that one as well. Again, the Colts would have to finish with a better record the last two weeks over Jacksonville. So that would mean either Colts go 2-0, Jacksonville go 1-1, or Jacksonville go 0-2, Colts go 1-1. They would, the Colts would need to beat Houston under that situation to win the AFC South and host a home playoff game. All right, on the other side, uh, Indiana back in action tomorrow night. It is Kennesaw State. I know a lot of people probably see that on paper and laugh. That is a tournament team from last year. That's a team that had a lead against Indiana at Assembly Hall last December as well. Uh, so Tony Adrania, who does a great job breaking down Indiana, a uh, little bit of a, I'd say kind of a film-centric guy, but certainly uh, can explain it in a pretty elementary manner as well. Lots of storylines from Indiana after, I would say, a disappointing non-conference as the Big Ten season gets back underway after uh, Indiana and Purdue both play one final game in the non-con coming up tomorrow. Tony Adrania joins us next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yeah, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you in the drive, Huber.com, a studio, KB and Andy. Reminder tonight, it is Pacers and Bulls United Center there in Chicago. 7.30 pregame right here on the fan, 8 o'clock tip-off. Cannot wait for that one. I'm sure that, I don't know if that'll be on the background, I guess, Bally's. You'll be using the app there in Florida, Dial KB. Up the app. Bally there you app go. time. 
There you go. Good luck. Boy, I tell you, the app didn't work at first when I loaded it the other night. I go, oh boy. I always go right to Twitter to know if I'm the only one. If I type in Bally's Pacers or just Bally's at the top and I search and I see a bunch of people uh, from, you know, uh, in, you know, Kokomo or Indianapolis or whatever it may be, I know, oh boy, I'm not the only one. Uh, so we'll see. They uh, have we'll be- behaved as of late, yes, they to have. be fair. They no. have behaved as of late. Yeah, They absolutely have. The first couple games, you told them to kiss your bleep, I believe, is how we started uh, the Pacers season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how we started it. Uh, Tony Adranya joining us. We'll talk some IU basketball with him right now. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Tony, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Happy holidays. Good morning. Happy holidays to you guys as well. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are fantastic. Uh, me and Mark are in the bunker, the radio bunker. KB's in Florida, so he's doing a little bit better than us. But uh, overall, we are doing fantastic. I'll ask you just with a smile on my face, uh, that North Alabama-Indiana game, 12 threes by the Hoosiers. Did you nearly pass out all the three-pointers Indiana made? It's unbelievable. It's like a month's worth. It, it was certainly unexpected, to say the least. Uh, but a welcome sight, certainly for Indiana fans. I know that's been a hot-button issue, uh, not only the number of makes the team had, but even the number of takes uh, in terms of three-pointers for the Hoosiers. So certainly a welcome sight to see. Tony, when you think of that storyline, you know, every Mike Woodson press conference, he seemingly is asked about the three-point line, the usage of it, how effective they've been with it. Um, do you think it's a subject that's a little bit beating a dead horse is just accepting of reality. This isn't going to be a great three-point shooting team. Is this a coaching staff that needs to adapt a little bit more to what modern you know, basketball period is all about? How do you view the opinion of Indiana University in the three-point line here? Yeah, it's, it's such a, a unique kind of build of the roster. You know, so they've got Glower, they've got Malik Renew, who certainly have been their, their two most consistent players all season. So a lot of things running through the post, uh, which is exactly how the team looked under Trace Jackson Davis as well. And then even dating back to kind of like Jawan Morgan, things are running through the post. So it's been like a decade for Indiana fans where, you know, the three point line just hasn't really been used all, you know, all the way back to Archie Miller's first year through current date. So, you know, as more and more people kind of get into like what modern basketball looks like, positionless basketball, opening up the floor, especially as you watch the NBA game, look at the Pacers, you know, everybody's utilizing the three-point line more and more. And then for the last decade or so, Indiana really hasn't utilized it like the rest of kind of the basketball world has. Like as of right now, I think there's 362 teams in Division One basketball. Indiana is 356 in terms of their three-point rate, which is basically how many three-pointers you take compared to how many field goal attempts you take. So, you know, they're, they're utilizing it less than almost every single team in Division One college basketball. So that's what's, what's sounding those alarms. So I, I certainly see the, the hesitation from the Indiana fan base to buy into two bigs, clog up the blocks, things like that, especially when you look at the North Alabama game. You see they kind of opened the floor up a little bit. Uh, guys were knocking down shots in rhythm with confidence. You know, in Indiana's North Alabama game, they, they scored – I played four or five threes in transition. So they were shooting early threes. It almost looked like a concerted effort to, to shoot those shots. So that was a welcome sight because a lot of times it seemed like this season, especially guys were passing up open three point looks and then they'd get late into the shot clock and they ended up shooting a contested two. So 
hopefully for, for Indiana, you know, that is something they're going to look at more. You know, shots and rhythm are important. The confidence the team had was important as a shooter. So, um, yeah, it was good to see. Tony Adranya with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We can move off the three-point stuff. I just, I, 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 I followed Kentucky basketball, and Calipari had an issue with it, Tony, the last couple years, and Mike Woodson being an NBA coach and having issues with it. It starts at guard play. I just don't understand it, but again, we, we can move on. Uh, so that close loss, okay, so the team gets blown out by Auburn, and then a valiant effort, okay, against Kansas. Uh, Trey Galloway was fantastic. Again, all of this is without Xavier Johnson, who I want to get to here in a second. And then this team was fortunate to beat Moorhead State. I think you were at that game, were you not? I mean, they were they were fortunate. They probably should have lost that game. Trey Galloway with some good defense down the stretch. Uh, and then they blow out North Alabama. So where has this team grown in the last few weeks or has it been North North Alabama is the outlier and they're still kind of just trudging along something we may see against Kennesaw State tomorrow night? Yeah, for you know, for Indiana, honestly, their their guard play has has been somewhat suspect. And when their guards play well, Indiana plays well. And that's even with Xavier Johnson in the lineup. Um, you know, when he's been good, Indiana's been good. Obviously, he's been out the last several games and, and hopefully getting him back soon. Um, but you look at that Kansas game, as you mentioned, Indiana gets a, a valiant effort from Trey Galloway, and they hang with one of the best teams in the country. Then you go to the Moorhead State game, you know, Indiana's guard production w- was poor, and they almost lose to, you know, a lesser opponent. And then, as you mentioned, North Alabama, guard plays good. They knock down, you know, Indiana as a whole knocks down 12 threes. They're more perimeter-oriented. Obviously, Malik Renew was the star of that game, but Indiana had good guard production. So that's really where, for Indiana, they're going to go as their guards go. That's how it goes in college basketball. Like, you know, Clearware, Malik Renew, they're going to get there, as we, mentioned, as we mentioned. And then your wild cards are kind of, you know, your Trey Galloway, your McKinney Baco, your Gabe Cups. And, you know, your Xavier Johnson, CJ Gunn, those guys at the guard play. So, um, you know, it was – it's great to be able to have Xavier Johnson back, somebody that's a lead guard. Um, you know, I'm excited to kind of see how he and Gabe Cups can play together as well now that Gabe has gotten a lot of, of good minutes. Um, you know, he, he's – I think he played 38 or something like that in the Kansas game. You know, he's really Indiana's only point guard – healthy point guard on the roster – uh, as it currently stands, so you know it's 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 somewhat of a you could say flawed roster build, but you know it's it's not free agency. That's what I always kind of tell people with with college basketball teams. You know, everybody's like, why didn't they get a guard in the portal? It's like, well, you know, they they went after several, but when I when I look at that, you know, Indiana had Xavier Johnson, who is a lead guard that's going to dominate the basketball returning. They had Trey Galloway returning, who's one of Mike Woodson's favorite players. He, he said it in his press conferences. You know, what portal guard that maybe has one year left is going to go into a situation like that when there's, you know, 50 other situations in the country that probably look more appetizing for them. So that's kind of me going off on a tangent there, but it really does come down to guard play for Indiana. And, you know, when they when their guards don't play well, typically Indiana's not going to play well either. 
He is Tony Adranya. Great follow. Honestly, if you're an IU fan, it's a must follow on Twitter. That is Coach Adranya, A-D-R-A-G-N-A. You can follow him over on Twitter. Tony, I go back to that Michigan game. You know, you can make the argument, I think, for some stretches there. That was one of the better performances of the season. Certainly a win away from home. And I thought C.J. Gunn was important, you know, uh, at times both ends of the floor. How vital do you think? And, you know, when Xavier Johnson comes back, you know, that's probably going to, you know, clear up a little bit of the minutes picture right now but Gabe Cups and Trey Galloway you're almost running them into the ground with how many minutes you're playing them right now uh, how important do you think a guy like CJ Gunn is here the rest of the season and honestly moving forward when you talk about guard development within your own program he's vital I mean he really is you know Indiana needs production from CJ Gunn on both ends of the floor as you mentioned you know he was really somebody the staff was counting on this season to be productive. And, you know, there were, there were many people that were kind of clamoring for, hey, let's see what C.J. Gunn looks like starting and bring Trey Galloway off the bench because Galloway throughout his career has kind of been that spark plug. He comes in, he brings a different type of energy. Um, you know, and ideally he might be a sixth man on this Indiana roster. Uh, so there's been even some people that have clamored for that. But, you know, C.J. Gunn in terms of his IU career has really – struggled uh, and you know this season hasn't really been much different than that when you look at you know his production from the three-point line I think last season he was two for 24 from three that's uh walking eight percent there and this season he's 25 percent three for 12 from the three-point line so some improvement I guess but you know he's got to be a guy that steps up for me with CJ Gunn it's it's always been let the game come to you I, I think when he does that he goes out there, he gets a steal or a deflection or something like that. Um, he kind of gets in that flow of the game, and then you can almost see, like, his shoulders drop. He takes a deep breath, and then he's just playing basketball. You know, I think when he goes out there, he's playing a little tight, a little timid. And that's not uncommon for a guy coming in off the bench because, you know, you want to be productive in the minutes that you put out there or you're not going to play. Um, and that's kind of how Mike Woodson runs his lineups. He'll throw five out there. About 10 minutes into the game, there's another five uh, that are playing. And then of those five that are in that second unit, if you don't play well, you're probably not going to play the rest of the game. And that's happened to C.J. Gunn a couple times this season. So when he goes out there, he's pressing. And I'd love to just see him, you know, like I said, let the game come to you. Take a deep breath. Uh, You know, you don't have to force shots. Indiana doesn't necessarily need you to go out there and get them 20 or anything like that. You know, they need you to be a productive guard that can guard the other team's best wing because he's got a lot of length. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, and like you said, you know, the, the Indiana's guards right now are, are being run into the ground. You know, 38, 39-minute games, they haven't gotten into the Big Ten season yet, which is a grueling season. You know, and you're going on the road a lot. They haven't really had to, to go on the road too much. I mean, they've played some neutral site games and obviously played at Michigan. But, you know, that Big Ten season where you've got two back-to-back road games, you're not really at home much. You, you, you know, your body's sore, you're fatigued, all that stuff. Indiana hasn't really gotten into that. So they're going to need production from their bench, especially from their guards. Obviously, as we've mentioned, David Johnson coming back is going to be very important for this team and, and some getting some guys less minutes. Um, but, yeah, to me, C.J. Gunn, he, he still is an X factor for what this team can be, and he still can turn this season around. It's not like – uh, you know, we're in late December and, you know, all is lost. Like, he's a guy that Mike Wilson is going to continue giving minutes, so he's, he's got to be productive when he gets out there. Tony, last one for me. And, again, Tony Adrano is with us. Oh, we lost KB. Adrano on Twitter. 
All right, Kevin, give it a try again. Give it a try again. Uh, he's having some issues. Tony, let's just, I don't know what he was going to ask, but I had a couple things I was going to ask. A guy is pumping weights behind yeah. him, so I think the <laughs> clanging and he's, banging Tony, is not he's, the connection. Tony, he's in a gym right now in Marathon, Florida. That's where he's doing the show right now. Uh, so, I love it. <laughs> I do, too. It's dedication. Xavier Johnson returning does what for this team? Like, fill in the blank. Besides, like, it gives guys minutes off, and that's a vital thing. What does he do on the floor that makes this team better? In one word, creates. Uh, he, he's very much a creator, whether that be for himself or whether that be for his teammates. Um Indiana really lacks somebody with his skill set. You know, when you look at a Gabe Cups, a Trey Galloway, uh, even a McKenzie Mbako, those guys aren't really guys that create shots for themselves or for others. Um, you know, they're, they're really more like a you know a spot up shooter or a guy that's going to run the offense in Gabe Cups. Trey Galloway can be, be a creator of sorts, but not to the level that Xavier Johnson is. You know, when you look at at Ken Palm. Uh, dot com, great website for a little bit of a deeper analysis. Um, when you look at Xavier Johnson, he has an assist rate that is always in like the top 10 to 15 in the country, which basically is like, how often are you getting other guys shots? Um, and, you know, right now, Indiana just doesn't have somebody that can do that. So for me, he's a guy that's going to be able to create offense, especially in the pick and rolls. Indiana is a, is a, a heavy ball screen team. And, you know, right now, just Gabe Cups doesn't have that skill set. He will in time. I think Gabe Cups is going to be a great player for Indiana for four seasons. But for right now, what Xavier Johnson can do off of a ball screen is just uh, more impactful than what Gabe Cups can do. So excited about what that, that level. And then on the defensive end, he's a guy that's going to be able to guard the other team's, you know, ball handler, if you will. Gabe Cups, again, going to be great. He's not built for that role yet. Xavier Johnson is is a sixth year senior. Um, you know he's going to be able to to hawk the other team's ball handler, and that kind of gets Indiana into their defense. Um, you know Indiana relies upon that to to put some ball pressure and then funnel things to to the rim to the Khalil Ware to, to blocks up at the rim, and that's what Indiana's thrived off of with Trace Jackson Davis the last couple seasons. Um, this year they don't really have that. You know other teams have been able to run their offense pretty easily. Um, you know, as we've seen, Indiana has also struggled giving up some three-pointers uh, on the other end of the floor. So uh, I think Xavier Johnson, now it's going to take some time. And that's another thing that, that us as Indiana fans are going to have to realize. It's, you know, he's not going to be inserted in the lineup, let's even say if it's tomorrow, and all of a sudden he's back to the Xavier Johnson hold. It's going to take time. This is a guy that has played, you know, maybe six games in the last 365 days. Uh, he, he hasn't done a lot of on-court stuff uh, previous to this week in the last you know month or so. And so it's going to take him time. He's going to have to get his conditioning back, his legs back. He's going to make mistakes. Um, you know, he, he's not mistake-free even when he is healthy. So uh, that's something that it's, it's going to be important for Indiana fans to remember is that when he does come back, while we do expect you know better production from the point guard spot, it, it's going to take some time and it's not going to be like he's just inserted in Everything is great to go. Tony Adrania with us here on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. The other one I had, uh, Mackenzie Mbako, you know, when he was struggling, really laboring early on in the season, we talked about it. We talked about it with you. So, Tony, now that he's had, uh, what, seven games in a row in double figures, it's worth talking about him uh, in a better light. 
Is he playing better? What do your eyes, what do the what does the film tell you about his play over the last three weeks or so? Again, seven straight games in double figures. And the last three games especially, he's rebounded the basketball a little bit better than he did earlier on in the season. Certainly. He's comfortable. And that's it's not uncommon for, for freshmen, especially of his caliber, to come in and the game's a lot faster. Guys are game planning against you. Um, everybody is, is a supreme athlete. And so, you know, those those first few games, he, he really, you know, has, as we talked about last time I was on, really, really struggled. But now you see him kind of coming into his own. Uh, he's productive. Not only is he – and, you know, I was kind of worried, like, is he just going to become a guy that's just a spot-up shooter? That's kind of what he looks like his first few games, just shooting – um, really from spot up only. Now he's creating some things off the dribble. He's knocking down his three-pointers at a better clip. You know, he, he's still in the season. It's not great. I think he's 22% from the three-point line. But, you know, in the last game, I believe he was two for six. He had a game with Kansas game. He was two for four. Uh, and then the two Big Ten games, he was two for four as well. So, you know, he, he's somebody that's opening up some things on the floor. Now that he's a threat, that opens things up for Malik Renew, Khalil Ware inside because they're able to kick out and there's somebody that is a threat to score on the outside. Like that, that is so important for what this Indiana team can become. And we saw glimpses of it in the North Alabama game, which I don't want to lose sight of. It was North Alabama, right? So it's like, you know, you got to do this against better production. Um, but, you know, when, when guys like Mbako can open the floor up for Indiana's interior players, which are, you know, have been their best production from the offensive side of the ball that, that just does so much for everybody else. And then if they see him playing with confidence, it gets everybody else playing with confidence. And then uh, on the other side of it is like also from a program standpoint, it's important that he plays well so that you can get other guys of his caliber yeah. to join your program in future years. Like that, that's that spot on. Something to look at. <laughs> no, it's absolutely spotted. No, this was this was a five star left Duke and, and and came to you and chose you over uh, other big time institutions. Tony, appreciate the time, my man. Take care. We'll keep following you at Coach Adrania on Twitter and uh, keep breaking things down. Appreciate the time this morning on the fan. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, there we go. Tony Adrania with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Reminder, Scott Agnes is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. KB's, he's back connected. I, I thought I heard someone enter the uh, the workout room there. Uh-oh. You there? Back in. Back okay. in. You got me Good. Here? Yeah, you sound yeah. good. No, nah, no. God bless these people looking at me like, geez, what the hell is this guy doing here over in the corner? Um, <laughs> great stuff from Tony, as always. One thing to note tomorrow, Andy, on IU and Kennesaw State, yeah, that's the old Big Ten pluser. So we talked about at the start of the year, you need a whole lot of streaming service to watch Indiana and or Purdue this season. That is Big Ten Plus, which I believe is like 10 bucks a month. Uh, and I know Kennesaw State on paper, not going to do it for a lot of people. Uh, they are 9-3. and three. They had a lead in Assembly Hall last year in the second half. Uh, they made the tournament. Now, certainly a lot of transfers, uh, and they got run by Florida State early, earlier this year, the only high major team that they've played. But uh, just something to note uh, here.
Yeah, we just lost you again, KB. Something to know. No, Kennesaw State, I'm looking at it right now. There's not an early line, but the ESPN predictor does have Indiana at about 83.6% to win. And then, you know, I didn't ask Tony this, but this is, I think, where you are if you're an Indiana fan. I know people I know people on Twitter always get mad. Ah, oh, Sweeney, you're too negative about Indiana. And listen, I don't need to do the big picture, what you've won, what you have not won. I don't need to do that. I think everybody knows where you are. It's frustrating you aren't uh, better by year three, at least guard-wise with Mike Woodson. The thing I would say is you need to start looking at, hey, how do I make the NCAA tournament? If you look at this team at 9-3, and if they win against Kennesaw State uh, tomorrow night, which it could be ugly, but I expect them to win that game, you're now 10-3. and There's 18 Big Ten games, and if you can split those games, and again, not every team is created equal. Penn State's not created like Illinois or Wisconsin or obviously what you're going to see a couple different times with Purdue. Um, But you look at it, if you go 500, that puts you at 19 and 12, and you probably need to win at least one, if not two, in the Big Ten tournament to feel good about yourself. It is not too early to start having those conversations. Go ahead, KB. We got you back. No, yeah, I, I I agree. And obviously, when you look at the Big Ten, again, the start of the schedule, Nebraska, Ohio State, Rutgers, Minnesota, on paper, that's pretty manageable. Then you've got three straight against ranked teams, and, and there's got to be quality on that resume, and those are the only ranked games you're going to play throughout the month of January. So, obviously, an important stretch for Indiana as the non-conference really has little. Purdue, they've got Eastern Kentucky tomorrow, Andy. If they win that game, that will be the third straight year They've gone undefeated That's unbelievable. in the non-conference schedule. Uh, yes, it, it is darn, darn impressive. And it's not even. Painter and it, it's not and the that they. It's not that they play like Syracuse. Remember the joke where Jim Beheim never left the state of New York. <laughs> it's <laughs> right, not like right, or right. Georgia oh, yeah. football uh, in their non-con. Like it's not that they played four teams in the top twelve of the country. I love how you said if they beat EKU, brother, they're going to beat EKU. <laughs> okay, it's imagine if they if they cover the well, thirty-one and a half or not. That, that's all that yeah, matters. Well, uh, you know, obviously Purdue fans <laughs> have some PTSD when it comes to anybody from a mid-major sure. standpoint. Uh, all right, as Andy said, Scott Agnes comes. Coming up in a few, we'll talk some Colts with Joel A. Erickson. Something I do want to throw at Joel. Um, again, I- anybody on this team deserving of a Pro Bowl nod? I know a lot of people write it off just because there's no game. Uh, but players care, and it's a third-vote fan. It's a third-vote coach. It's a third-vote other players around the league. Uh, so that's something we'll throw Joel's way coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, Andy, go ahead and lead off a morning checkdown for us. The morning checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, it's Colton Raiders coming up. Our coverage on Sunday beginning at 9 a.m. Lucas Oil going to be a fun one. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be in Lucas Oil watching that game as well. Uh, Zaire Franklin speaking with the media yesterday. The urgency, two weeks left of the season. Don't let 10 months of hard work go to waste in two weeks. You know what I mean? So um, that's just something that I've just been sticking with. And um, we know who we are. We trust in our training. We trust in our preparation. We just got to let all that show on Sunday. Yeah, I wanted to throw this one uh, as well out there, Mark. 
Mark, if you don't mind, the next clip, clip seven, Zaire Franklin on Julian Blackman, defender to defender. Hey, what's the defense going to miss on Sunday? Drew is special, man. Um, you know, I tell him all the time, um, things he's able to do on the football field, um, I've honestly never seen nobody else do. Um, he's a special energy, and not only on the field, but in the locker room. Um, great friend. That's my guy. Um, so, you know, definitely tough not being able to have him out here for the last couple of games, but, you know, we keep doing our part. We'll get him back soon. Andy, that's some high praise right there from Zaire Franklin about Julian Blackman. Again, a youthful secondary gets more youthful, if you will. Two rookie outside corners, two second-year safeties now with Nick Cross, an expanded role for him. Again, first injury report of the week, good for the Colts. Expectation today, Braden Smith will practice, Michael Pittman progressing well. Uh, mentioned this to lead off the show. It looks like the Colts could have their starting O-line back. It hasn't happened very often this season, but in the games they've had that group together intact, have been some of their better performances. Tampa Bay and Baltimore come to mind. You know, quickly, KB, we always do this thing where it's like, who, who, you know, the list of importance, who needs to be back, Braden Smith or Michael Pittman Jr.? And you know the answer to that is yes. The answer answer to that is uh, you're not going to get me to choose between one of those guys. You saw what the passing offense looked like. Without Pittman and Braden Smith, like they've been able to keep their head above water, right? I mean, they have this season, obviously being right there to make the playoffs. But now it's like two weeks ago. You haven't been able to run the football, you know, two of the last three weeks. Now it's time to get Braden Smith back. I think you can make the argument those are the two most indispensable Colts. Agreed. Yeah, You know, the, 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 the domino effect from their absence, I think you could certainly see it. All right, tonight in the Windy City, the Pacers are a slight favorite in this one as they take on the banged-up Chicago Bulls. Banged up, but they have played actually pretty good basketball here as of late. Bulls have won four of five, uh, but no Nikola Vucevic, no Zach Levine tonight. Uh, for the Pacers, still no Bruce Brown, so expectation is the starting lineup we saw on Tuesday in the win in Houston will be the same unit. That would be Tyrese Halliburton, Andrew Nemhard. Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith, and then Miles Turner. Uh, Andy, we've talked about it in different snippets throughout the show. Uh, this is an important one just because, obviously, you need to start to string some together. But also, you look at standings, watch. Chicago's kind of right there with you. So are the Knicks coming up on Saturday night. And Chicago did beat you earlier this season. Yeah, they beat you earlier this season. It's one of those losses that we looked at, but I think it was on a weekend, so we didn't get to break it down. I think it was on a Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. And by then, there was another Pacer game, and there was uh, obviously the Colts and college basketball and college football and everything else. If you're going to make the playoffs and you are going to care about your seed, winning a game like tonight is a must. And you did it against Houston. Again, it could be a five-point win. It doesn't have to be a 35-point win. Uh, And going back and beating a Chicago, Chicago team is just absolutely vital. You just got to win these. You just got to win these games. Couple NFL items. Russell Wilson. We talked about that in our number one bench for Jared Stidham. So that's some funny stuff. Tyrod Taylor going to get the nod for the New York Giants. The final couple weeks. Who cares about that? Browns, Jets. I mean, nobody. Browns, Jets tonight. Big one for the Browns. They still can be a two seed. They still can be a two seed in the AFC playoffs. So we'll see that one coming up. And then college football tonight. SMU, Boston College, Rutgers, Miami, NC State, Kansas State, Arizona, Oklahoma, starting to get some top 25 matchups in college football. 
And I did want to mention this last one, Andy, the Hall of Fame finalists for the year yes. 2024 announced for the NFL. You got two Colts on that list. Uh, once again, Reggie Wayne finds himself on that list. This is year four of el- excuse me, year five of eligibility for Wayne. And for a second straight year, it is Dwight Freeney uh, as a member eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Andy, I would say Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers will probably be first yep. ballot entries yep. right away. Yep. Um, what I hate about the Wayne debate is you have Tory Holt that has now been on the ballot for 10 years. Mike Chappell can speak to this better than I. Uh, I unfortunately think Holt has to get in in the Hall of Famer's eyes that Holt has to get in before Wayne. What about I Andre Johnson? What about Andre Johnson? I think Wayne's got a more decorated resume than Andre Johnson. Um, Andre Johnson's been on the ballot for three years. Again, Marvin Harrison had to wait three years, which I think is an absolute it's joke ridiculous. that he had to wait that long to get in. So uh, I, I, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen Robert Mathis on the finalist list. I think his strip sack resume deserves some attention as well. But uh, my guess is one of these Colts get in this year, uh, but it could be Freeney over Wayne. So again, that'll be announced coming up Super Bowl weekend. All right, on the other side, Scott Agnes, he joins us next. Talk Pacers, lineup changes, and where the team is at as they are in Chicago tonight, coming up as a slight favorite against the Bulls. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Yeah. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Happy holidays continue here in the fan. We're broadcasting live from the drivehuber.com studios. Andy Sweeney, Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton hanging out with you on this Thursday. Reminder, we'll have all the Colts stuff. We'll have our picks coming up tomorrow. We'll talk with Matt Taylor tomorrow as well. Plus, we'll have the game on Sunday, 9 a.m. pregame right here on the fan. All the pregame, game, postgame with Greg Rakestraw and company. We got you covered right here on the fan, including tonight we have you covered. It's Pacers in Chicago. 
Chicago taking on the Bulls. 8.30 pregame, nine, or I should say 7.30 pregame, 8 o'clock tip-off right here on the fan. And to talk about that and more Pacer items, Scott Agnes joins us here. Fieldhouse Files, he joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Scott, a happy holidays, a good morning. You know, one thing I have been saying, we both have been saying today, you know, you're going to make the playoffs, and if you care about your seeding, you need to beat a team like Houston on the road. You need to te- beat a team like Chicago on the road, especially this schedule really, really picks up uh, in the month of January. I would imagine you agree with that. What do you make about the game tonight in Chicago? Yeah, absolutely. The thing that comes to mind, Andy, and happy holidays to you as well, is the fact sometimes it matters when you face a team, right? And for the Pacers, it doesn't seem like a good time to face the Bulls in general. They've kind of figured things out a little bit. Winners in four of five, whereas they had a, a terrible stretch to this part of their season. Just like it'd be great to play the Pistons like the Pacers did recently. Uh, so a lot of times matters when you play them. But they have this game in Chicago. You come back home against New York. You want to take care of that one if you can against a tough physical um, hard playing team, because uh, then you're right. Then you got the gauntlet of a couple games against Milwaukee, a couple games against Boston, a few other games, and then you're out west for six in a row. Uh, and that might be the first time where we see we see the uh, you know the true team reveal itself a little bit, right? Because that's where where a team may come together, may fall apart. Uh, you you learn a lot, I think, when a team's gone for a couple weeks. Scott Agnes is with us. Scott, as Andy said, happy holidays to you. Um, Fieldhouse Files, of course, where you can read Scott's work. Uh, what do you think of the lineup changes? Multiple of them, uh, bigger, uh, certainly rewarding two guys that have earned it, I think, in a way, and Jalen Smith and Aaron Neesmith. Uh, what do you make of the new lineup changes we saw on Tuesday night? Yeah, first of all, I was a little surprised that we saw the Pacers follow through and, and have a lineup change, especially – since the, literally the previous game at home, Rick Carlisle was like, you know what? Like, I, I just don't, I'm not sure we need that because it, what he was emphasizing is the more you take away from the starting lineup, the more you change up with that, then it impacts your bench unit. And there's a trickle down effect there, right? And so uh, they started differently, they finished differently. Um, I think it really emphasized defense. That's what I saw with that unit. You remove. Uh, Obi Toppin, you insert Aaron Neesmith, Jalen Smith back to the four. It felt like deja vu to start last season, right, where I think Jalen Smith started in the first, like, 22 games, uh, and then they completely went away from it. Is it long-term? Is it sustainable? I'm not sure. There's a small sample size there, but I think it just reinforced to the team what they want to do defensively, and then I think – um, to end the game, they went back to the comfort lineup, the continuity lineup, the group from last year that started. That didn't surprise me at all. We've seen a lot more of that this season. But um, I guess the telltale sign will be when Bruce comes back. Does he go back right away into the starting lineup, or does he come off the bench into his role from last year? I can't imagine he doesn't start, but um, they're still looking for that right combination. So it's a bench role now for Buddy Heald. Still an important role, but it, it is back to the bench. And it is, for one night, and we'll see how it plays out, it's out of the rotation yeah. for TJ McConnell. Those are two guys that we did debate about their futures with this team throughout the offseason with you. Are you curious about either of them as we look ahead to a trade deadline in a little over a month? 
I think absolutely you have to about both just because their their situation, right? In Buddy's instance, he plays so well with Tyrese. That's the reason you really want him actually in the starting lineup is him and Ty play so well off one another. They're on the same wavelength. They don't even have to think. They know exactly where one another is going to play off of. But uh, in terms of the trade deadline, sure, Buddy's in a contract year. Uh, if you can – get value for him and have and don't plan to re-sign him, yeah, that's that's absolutely the situation you want to consider. Could you get, say, a late first for him or several seconds, or, or could he be part of a bigger deal uh, for a guy that you'd lose anyway if you don't re-sign? And then TJ, I'll repeat what I've said all season long. TJ McConnell is too good a player to get coaches' decisions did not play. Um, I, you know, whether it's 10 minutes off the bench, 20 minutes, the energy level that he provides, the the spark. How about the way his efficiency? I mean, his shot around the basket. Like uh, that's a situation where, to me, you use him or you or you move on from him. He's, he's just too good to sit the bench. And there's been veteran teams. There's been young teams that don't have that veteran guard that have been after him. So I think you absolutely do consider that. Um, I know Phoenix previously had desperately been wanting uh, wanting him and calling about him, checking in about him. Charlotte was a team on the lower level uh, that was really interested in him this offseason. On the other hand, I will say not, uh, not relatively expensive. Uh, he's also a guy at point guard. If you have injuries, you, you really need. So you hate to just part with him for just a, you know, a low-level second-round pick, and that's it. Um, just because of the depth factor. But, yes, KB, those two are certainly atop the, the two, atop the list of players that could be on the move in a month and a half. We're talking Pacers. Scott Agnes joins us here. Fieldhouse Files, he's joining us this morning on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You've kind of answered this question. We've danced around it. Let me ask it this way to you, Scott. You know, we're 30, 30 games in, not quite 30 games in, whatever it is. Uh, but that, that is a nice sample size, right? We, we're finding out things about this team, good things, bad things, and everything in between. Is, is there, with what has happened thus far this season, the ups and downs, whether this be short-term or long-term, has it changed your mind or confirmed anything in your mind about the moves this team should make, whether, again, short-term this season or long-term in the future, off-season and beyond? So much about it, Andy, is just how much is another team willing to play ball, right? There's been so many situations in the past. I I think that like five years ago, like how much differently would things gone for the Pacers team if they were able to get Gordon Hayward like both sides wanted uh, from Boston, but Danny Ainge wouldn't play ball <laughs> literally in that situation. He didn't think that threat of Gordon leaving was real. Guess what it was? And he went to Charlotte, for example. But here's the bigger picture thing. The Pacers have not done well in the draft. Where has Kevin Pritchard and company excelled? It's in, it's in trades. And so that's why if you're a Pacer fan, if you're the Pacers, you're really you're, you're perking up a little bit leading into the trade deadline because, you know, over the last decade, this team has improved itself most via trade. And the trade deadline is one of the best opportunities to do that where they can um, try to uh, maximize their return or, or receive a player that just doesn't have a role elsewhere. Think Jalen Smith, right? He was out of the rotation in Phoenix. That team, the Suns, right. did not pick up his fourth-year team option. 
and they just moved on from Jalen because they weren't going to re-sign him the following year. And now we're talking about him in the starting lineup for the Pacers. That's the type of trades that the Pacers uh, look for and try to thrive off of. So I think the last two weeks, three weeks, have confirmed what this team is, what I thought at the beginning of the season, just kind of a 500 team, still lacking defense, still lacking pieces on the wing. And, yes, they absolutely should try to make some moves come the trade deadline, but that doesn't necessarily mean they can or will. Again, Scott Agnes with us here. Fieldhouse Files. It's Pacers and Bulls in Chicago tonight. Slight favorite, Indiana. No Zach Levine, no Nikola Vucevic for the Bulls. Okay, Scott, remind me the rules. Jarris Walker and Ben Shepard, are they allowed unlimited appearances in the G League, or is there like an X amount of times they can mad Ann it up? <laughs> yeah, no, no, they just have to officially be assigned by the Pacers, but I don't believe there's any kind of uh, a number there. The two-way guys, uh, there's a there's a maximum number that they can spend officially with the Pacers, uh, but that does not apply to the Pacers going down to the Mad Ant. Got it. Okay, and then Walker specifically, when you watch these Mad Ant games and you watch Walker play yeah. at that level, what are you watching for? Like, I, I, I'm always torn, you know, I, I go back. I mean, I'm not watching the full game. I Oh, KB, what yeah. are you watching? All right, K- I got you. All right, go yeah, ahead, KB, Scott. The biggest thing I'm looking for is defensively and how he's processing things. Is he making? Is he in the right spot? Is he staying in front of his man? Is he is he communicating out there with his teammates to make sure they're on the same page? Those sorts of things. It's it's not. Does he make that three point shot? Like for one, that he's really improved in that area. But. Um, it's just that the, the, the word I use is processing. How is he processing the defensive end of the floor, staying in front of his man and doing the principles in which both Rick Carlisle and Matt Ant's head coach, Tom Hankins, have been stressing to him. And, and so far, I think it's come back with mixed results. Um, it, it, I will say this Matt Ant's team, which is easily the best in the, in the G League, does play. Um, uh, they play. They played great last night and got back to kind of their winning ways after losing in the championship game uh, last week in Orlando. Um, and, and it does throw a wrench into the team a little bit, throws them off a bit when you, you do bring those NBA guys down just because everybody has their role. You talk about continuity, those sorts of things. Um, but you just see, and I know fans have had this question, you know, why can't we see him or why haven't we? him and while I would I I push for that a little bit because we know this is not a contending team so what is this about it's got to be about the future so I would like to see a little bit more it's a top 10 pick it's a top 10 pick as well I mean that's that's a it's a huge pick totally Andy this is not just a a a pick or a late first round pick where you know it's going to be some time it's a lottery but with that he's just 20 so that you can see so many of those useful uh, inexperienced mistakes shine to go back to KB's questions. And so those things you're trying to see, has he, how has he minimized those when he's playing against and with the Mad Ants? Bulls tonight, Knicks Saturday, and then those two big ones with the Bucks to start 2024. Now, Scott said it is a loaded January slate out of the gate. Scott, have a great New Year, man. Thank you for the time. You got it. Thank you, guys.
Scott Agnes right there, Payless Liquors Hotline, Joel A. Erickson in about 15. I do want to mention just a couple of guys I do feel like are deserving pro bowlers. I do want to share this note with you, too. Um, Scotty, a listener, sent this. Andy, he goes, I've been to Key West eight times. Very <laughs> jealous. He goes, don't go to the Garden of Eden with the kids. <laughs> Ooh, I mean that sounds. Should I like, ask what the Garden of Eden is? I'm a little uh, nervous. Uh, <gasps> Mark, look it up, but it, it it sounds like an adult toy store. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like, does it not? Dear Lord. I mean, isn't that what they call them? An adult, uh, you know, love store. I don't know what do you call them. Yeah. Things are like edible there. Of, uh, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I see a lot of signs for those down 65 in oh, your old okay. neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. Garden of Eden, Key West. Hang on. I mean, I'm not seeing anything Doesn't that crazy. go without saying if it's an adult love store to use an Andy Sweeney phrase that's and you don't bar. take the kids there? Well, yeah, that's what I thought. It's a bar. Yeah, it's a bar. Okay, so... Yeah, Maybe there's I, some you were the one there after hours. You were the one that was under the table earlier today. Well, yeah. I was uh, four stars uh, on Yelp.com, so <laughs> I don't know. It might be worth going. It's right on Duval Street and Whistle Boulevard uh, is where you need to go. So I don't know. Is there is there a night where where the couples go out, where the younger people go out, and the older people watch the kids? Is there one night that happens? There, there, there usually is. Okay. Yeah, the in-laws are terrific about that. So, yes, there usually is. And, and I saw as I was waiting for baggage claim yesterday at the beautiful Key West Airport, uh, tongue-in-cheek there, uh, the whistle bar, you brought mm. up whistle, uh, the headline there or the uh, big appeal was optional clothing. Okay, I'm um- – I'm 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 seeing this now as as I look. Like if I went yeah. there on a Friday night, let's say there's a hundred people in the bar. How many people do you think are clothed? <laughs> let's say it says nudist bar, <laughs> so maybe that's why. Listen, the nudist bar thing you think is going to be a bunch of no. hotties, and it's no, never it's never a bunch of hotties. Now I have known one guy, okay, just a normal guy who's like, yeah, me and my wife, we went to, and I forget where it may have been Jamaica. I think it was Jamaica, and they're like, we wandered on a nude bar or a nude beach, and we part partook of that. We got we got completely nude. We ate lunch. We did everything nude. And uh, I was like, well, good for you. It was like a guy that I would not expect uh, to have done that. He did that. So good for him. It's not something that I yeah. would do, but it's not going to be a bunch of hotties. It's going to be guys that look like me. I mean, if it's a nude mm. bar, is someone wiping down the like the bar stools after every customer? <laughs> like, how's that working? My wife like and uh, one of her best friends studied abroad in Spain, mm. and they went to a nude beach. And the thought was, okay, we're going to see people that we will never ever ever come across oh, again no. in our lives this oh, is per- no. you know whatever you know <laughs> no worries in the world oh, no. so all of a sudden they're just like sitting there i guess in the nude beach these oh. you know multiple guys come up to them introduce themselves and they're from the university of michigan <laughs> i thought you were gonna also say, studying abroad yeah, i thought you were gonna say iu <laughs> yeah iu's I, that's where i thought you were gonna go oh, oh man boy, i studied not. abroad so before I- too and she didn't give me her number <laughs> all right in about 10 minutes joel erickson mark dykton will be at crackers tonight for stand-up night joel erickson talking colts in 10
We'll talk some Colts football. Joel A. Erickson going to join us from the Indianapolis Star. He'll do so here at the top of the hour, about six, seven minutes or so. Uh, we may have to push back this Jair Alexander sound. We got a call from Brad. You ready, KB? We got a call from no. Brad who has been. Is this my dad? No, uh, it's not. Who has been to the Garden of Eden uh, there in Key West. <laughs> and I guess he has a firsthand review. So, Brad, good morning. Welcome to the show. The floor is yours, buddy. How are you? Good morning, good morning. I would say if you're in Key West, you have to do it. However, we went for a friend's 40th birthday, a bunch of couples, and we went thinking it would be funny. And, you know, uh, 50%, you don't, you can wear clothes, obviously, we did, but uh, you can imagine about 80 to 90% of the people in there that were uh, fully nude were. 80 to 90 percent of the people that you would not want to see fully nude <laughs> a bunch a bunch of 60 70 year olds uh uh grinding on each other. <laughs> oh my god what a oh, this is awkward Brad here on this oh. thursday morning that's where you need to record a podcast the next colts podcast <laughs> it's an in- impromptu podcast why is it you bad I, I started laughing. I had to call in. I had to call in. But uh, now, Brad, you'll, you'll, you'll Brad you got any recommendations? You got any other recommendations for Marathon, Florida? Um, you know, if you're in Key West, um, that whole strip. I mean, we literally went to Key West, did that whole strip of of bars and restaurants. It's just a, a cool place, and you know, we spent you know ten, fifteen, twenty minutes in, in each spot. But uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Boy. Gosh, why is it always that way? The people you don't want to see nude are the ones that you see nude. You know what? Uh, it, it was funny. So if you're there, I mean, it, it's a good laugh. You got to do it. <laughs> I love it, Brad. Thank you for the call. I, I think now you got to do it. I'm kind of with Brad now. Now yeah. I kind of feel like it's become part of the show that wherever this is, you got to go. I think you tell Maddie what? I've I've planned out our vacation. Like let's have yeah. a couples night, and I I found this really cool bar. Just trust me on this. Well, or, or I could play a different card and maybe, hey, I got a great high school buddy I haven't seen in years. You know, he told me he's down there at the whistle bar, and then I show up and, you know, just scout some things out. I'm also Woo! I'm also looking because, again, I'm doing this all signed in. I should have tried to sign in on Jake or Greg Rakesraw's name on the computer here. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's mine. Uh, when I search these things, it comes up with, like, are you sure you want to click on this picture type thing? You can. Are you 18? Are you 18? You can you can actually charter a nude uh, a new boat if Uh-oh. you would like but you can what? you can do that as well oh. if you want to charter an entire boat kevin it sounds like the world's well, your oyster down there you yeah. can do whatever it, you it want it really does sound like anything goes which i guess is kind of the state of florida to, well, it to is begin florida, with yeah. Um, yeah. Now, charter a nude boat. You know, again, part of me thinks of what you would see on that boat. It, you might just want to jump in the water. Yeah, yes. maybe shark infested yes. waters. It also sa- yeah. it also sounds like someone might be on the elliptical behind you. Is that what's going on? Is it the elliptical yeah. or treadmill? Uh, elliptical. Yeah, actually, we've thought. got just some. Be- it just hardworking individuals because it, well, it is pouring down rain outside. Well, of course, by the way. it didn't sound like. You know, someone's feet beating down on a treadmill. I feel like that would have been louder. It felt like an elliptical. It sounded like an elliptical, so I'm glad I was able to get that. Ask the elliptical person at the break if they've ever been to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> that's a good conversation starter, I feel. Ask him if they think I, Reggie I, I Wayne should be a go there on the old icebreaker, to be honest with you. Uh, Joel A. Erickson, he joins us next to talk Colts. <laughs> 
All right, from Nude Beach talking Key West to Colts conversation, that's the uh, the left turn or right turn uh, that we're taking here on the program. It is the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy hanging out with you. One more hour to go. Reminder, you miss any of our show, any of the programming here on The Fan, check us out on the app. You can download it. It's absolutely free. Or check us out online, 1075thefan.com. It's Colts Raiders on Sunday. Reminder, our coverage on Sunday beginning at 9 a.m. to talk about that game and more. Joel A. Erickson joins us from the star here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joel, a uh, happy holidays and a good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing over there? Uh, we're doing fantastic. KB's in Key West to join some uh, 75, 80 degree weather. Me and Mark here uh, in the radio bunker getting, you know, post-Christmas, getting ready for New Year. Uh, it's always a fun week. And Joel, how was Christmas for the boys? Yeah. Uh, it was It was great. It was great. The uh, the my kids are are all in the perfect age for for Christmas morning right now, and uh, yeah, made it back made it back from Atlanta. Uh, got home at eleven thirty. Um, finished getting everything set up around one, and then the baby the baby of all people was up at five. The one the, the one year old who doesn't doesn't know there's any presents downstairs was up at five fifteen and didn't want to go back to bed. But yeah, no, it was it was really fun. Maybe heard Santa. You never know. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's very possible. Yeah, <laughs> very possible on that end. Well, yeah, but that's great, man. Uh, I can't wait. You know, my my little guy's only about three and a half months. Going to be four months here. So you know, next year will be next year will be fun, and then then the year after, and then the year after that, obviously, are, are going to be a lot of fun. So. Uh, I envy you guys. Cannot wait to be there myself. Well, let, let's jump into the Colts conversation here. Raiders coming up, uh, 1 o'clock there. Lucas Oil, it's a big one, and then we know if they win, Week 18 is going to be even bigger against the Texans. How in your mind has this Raiders game changed for me, I almost felt like it was a for-sure win a few weeks ago. You know, three weeks ago, they scored zero points against Minnesota. And then the last two weeks, we see, what, 63 against the Chargers. And then everyone was watching. It seemed like in the country was watching what that defense did to Pat Mahomes and company there in Kansas City. So for me, it went from a, sure, they're going to win this game, to really being worried, are they going to win this game on Sunday? How is it changing? change for you if at all yeah i i think it's been the same i think i've been thinking about this raiders game you know as as the the quote unquote gimme not that there's any of those in the in the nfl schedule the way it's working this year but the quote unquote gimme as, as they get down the stretch the reality is the reality is that the, the way the raiders defense is playing um you know they've given up they've given up just five touchdowns on the last 37 drives they've faced uh, that that team can beat anybody. I, I, their offense still, their offense still isn't great with Aiden O'Connell as a quarterback. But you know, Devontae Adams is there. They've got Josh Jacobs. They've got some some playmakers. And then and then the key is just that defense has been playing just really really good football. And because it's the Raiders, and because they we kind of written them off when they fired Josh McDaniels, I don't think anybody was really paying that close of attention to it uh, until they beat Kansas City. Again, Joel Erickson is with us here for the Indianapolis Star. Joel, I don't think it's going to matter. It's probably a good thing for the Colts come Sunday. But, you know, Braden Smith uh, looks like he will practice today for the first time in three weeks. 
do you think there was any thought, and again, maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll be in this situation again later this year. Do you think there was any thought that Jared Veldier, the guy that they brought in a couple weeks ago with a million starts in his NFL career, hasn't played in a while, do you think there's any thought that maybe they would have opted for him instead of Blake Freeland at right tackle? Yeah, I, I, I just I keep thinking that there's no way they, they go get somebody like Jared Veldier unless that's a possibility. And, and last week, you know, Blake Freeland, you know, he's had up and down moments as a rookie. Last week was a down moment. He, he really struggled against Atlanta last week, both, you know, against the run and against the pass. And it wasn't just Calais Campbell. Zach Harrison had a pretty good game uh, against him. So I, I do think that they're, they, they might have had to look at it and go, you know, is they, obviously they liked Veldier's workout enough to sign him, despite the fact that he hasn't played in a while. And we all kind of know what he did a couple of years ago. I I wondered, you know, kind of this week, if they were going to make that kind of move. Now, obviously, if Braden Smith's a full participant at practice, you'd go with him. But, right, you know, right, that's, right. it's kind of the other thing is I've heard some people say, like, well, you know, with, with Smith's injuries and contract, you know, is that a – do they move on from him? I just think you can't do that, um, you know, given the, the drop-off between between Smith and Freeland at this point in their careers. No, I said to Stephen Holder yesterday, the Shaq Leonard thing, you had an EJ speed in waiting. You don't have that EJ speed at tackle, in my opinion. The other personnel one I wanted to ask you about, you tweeted out a list of safeties yesterday that the Colts worked out earlier this week. Obviously, Julian Blackman to injured reserve. I assume you view that as Nick Cross, Rodney Thomas, the starters, and those safeties who they worked out would be more depth guys if need be here? Yeah, I mean, guys that they're working out at this point in the season – you know that they haven't been on a roster for a long time for a while. I, I do think though that there's uh, the Julian Blackman is, is an enormous loss, and and some of it, you know, Nick Cross has has flashed some of his physical gifts this year now that they've gotten him on the field, but but a lot of it is just that position, the strong safety position, is is the most important when it comes to communication and getting everybody in the right spot. Uh, on the in the entire secondary, that's why Rodney McLeod took over for Cross last year, um, and that's one of the things Julian Blackman has been doing, doing doing a lot of things well this season. But that was one of the things he'd been doing really really well this season. I think you can make a pretty strong case that Blackman uh, had been their most important secondary member, and and losing him is is pretty big going into the last two games. Joel A. Erickson with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline following the Colts. We're talking about the Colts. He's from the Indianapolis Star. Uh, how, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this. How high of a priority do you think Blackman is? Uh, a free agent very well could have played his last game for the Colts. And I guess how much do you think the next two weeks and if this team makes the postseason will go into their decision making on whether or not to bring him back? Well, I, I, I think if Nick Cross. I think if Nick Cross, you know, hits the ground running and and maybe looks like a, a star that, that maybe um you could you could kinda take a risk there and let Blackman go. But I I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. I, I think the secondary is is still is maybe the team's area of greatest need next season, uh, as it sits right now. And and just given that Unless, unless you're you're convinced that Cross is going to be the guy, um, and that Rodney Thomas is going to be the guy, frankly, because Cross can play some free safety too, and you could go into next season with those two competing. If you re-sign Blackman, I I'm leaning towards re-signing Julian Blackman, given what we know 
right now. You know, he has had some trouble with injuries in his career. He's never played a full season in terms of games. But, you know, this, this is a secondary that, that honestly has been the defensive Achilles heel in terms of coverage this season. And they're already young. You're probably going to get younger. I, I think that I think that you want to have the, the guy who's been the rock of the secondary. Like I said, I, I can see a, a scenario where Nick Cross plays really, really well in the next two or three or four games and you feel like you can take the risk of moving on from Blackman but we just haven't seen we haven't seen that necessarily from Thomas either cuz you might want Cross to compete at free safety as well Boy, I, you, know, you go back to that Zaire Franklin clip, Andy, you played earlier in the show. I mean, those were some strong words from Zaire Franklin about Julian Blackman and what he means to the Colts. Um, okay, Joel, again, Joel A. Erickson is with us here from the Star. I know a lot of people don't care about the Pro Bowl, understandably. I think guys <laughs> do care if they make it. Uh, it's a third fan vote, a third coach vote, a third player vote. I will say Zaire Franklin and Michael Pittman Jr. are deserving Pro Bowls, and I will stop there. Uh, do you agree? Are you adding more? Are you subtracting more? What are your Pro Bowl thoughts as that team gets announced next week? I, without, well, ultimately without having a great idea on the rest of the guards, I think you could probably put Quentin Nelson in the Pro Bowl. Um, I might go, yeah, I, I think I'd put Quentin Nelson in the Pro Bowl. I, I, I would say... I would say DeForest Buckner is deserving. I don't think he's going to get it. Um, there's a I, lot of defense. I don't know if there's enough numbers. splash plays from him this year, Joel. I don't know if there's enough. And interior defensive line's pretty good in the AFC too. Yeah, yeah. There's there's too many guys, and and you're right. the The sack numbers, the sack numbers. He's got six. That, that there's this, is, this always happens with pass rush. Like if you, if you look at Sports Info Solutions, which I use, he's got 43 pressures which leads the Colts. And, you know, also if you watch the defensive line like I do, you know how much he's getting double teamed. But that's, 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 sort, of, that's sort of the stuff that, like, you know, the Colts understand about how good DeForest Buckner is. It's not something that's going to get him in the Pro Bowl. I, I think Quentin Nelson could get in it. Just, he's got the name recognition on the offensive line. He's had a very good season. Um, I, I, Franklin has the most tackles in the NFL. I'd have to look at, you know, uh, what the rest of the linebacker picture is in terms of splash plays, though, because that's another position where you know turnovers and sacks and stuff like that tend to tend to take the precedence. Yeah, if you could have got that pick and maybe taken it back to the house against Atlanta, uh, Zaire, yeah, that I did that look that helped up. Him. I did look that up, Zaire, and those other splash plays. It's not as um, a big number for other guys, you know, inside linebacker guys that, that I thought it would be because I had that same thought there, Joel. So, again, you know, Pittman, when you get in the AFC wideouts, honestly, you don't get too far down the list before Pittman's, like, really up there with those other guys. Obviously, Tyree Kill is an absolute lock. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if uh, any of them do, uh, do get in. Joel A. Erickson with us here. Uh, he's from the Star, and he's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You wrote about that. You were talking about the defensive line. We've mentioned the offensive line. You wrote about the defensive line and the amount of sacks that they have been able uh, to get this season. Still two games left. Were you more disappointed in the O line or the D line in the Atlanta game, Joel? And who do you? Which group do you think has the best chance to bounce back on Sunday against the Raiders? I I. I was more disappointed in the offensive line. The defensive line, the thing about the defensive line is there is a – and every every team 
kind of knows this. It just kind of comes down to whether or not the quarterback they have can execute it. There's a way to neutralize them. You think about like they, they that Taylor Heineke said it in the post game press conference that the whole game plan was to get the ball out of his hands fast. Um, and then on top of that, they ran a lot of play action, all the stuff that the the Falcons can do. I, with the defensive line, I, I just keep thinking that they they need more coverage to be getting four or five sacks every single game. Uh, and they're still fifth in the NFL. The, the offensive line, I, I know Atlanta has a good front, but I, I didn't realize, I didn't think the offensive line was going to have that kind of day. Um, even, you know, even with free, some of Freeland's limitations in, in Atlanta. And, and as far as bouncing back, you know, if, if you've got Braden Smith and it's, it's re, and it's Braden Smith the way we've seen Braden Smith be in the past, um, I think the offensive line has a good chance to bounce back. The, the defensive line, uh, it, it's just kind of sort of the nature of the position. It's somewhat contingent on on how you're getting, on the coverage you're getting from the back end. And, the, you know, that matchup of Devontae Adams against a bunch of young guys is, is you know, one of the premier technicians of the game, but wide receiver, it, it, it's not a good one as far as, as far as putting people up on the line and disrupting him and, and give, giving, you know, the defensive line a chance to get home. Yeah, again, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. When the O-line's been healthy this year, which it looks like Sunday could be, they've had some pretty good outings, so we'll see if that happens. Okay, Joel, last one from me, and I'll just kind of throw this at you and let you take it wherever you would like. Uh, it's a stat that stands out to me. In Jonathan Taylor's last 18 games played, one time over 100 yards. What do you make of that? Yeah, I I was thinking about this yesterday, too, and it's it's kind of hard to know it's kind of hard to know exactly like what to what to think about it. Like, I feel like he's done a good job of creating yards when they haven't been there this season, and obviously he's missed some of the games where well he missed he missed basically all of the games that Anthony Richardson was there to kind of you know loosen everything up for him. At the same time, at the same time, you know Taylor in his first couple years was a guy who was routinely, you know, averaging five yards a carry, even against some of the heavy fronts. And so I, I, it's kind of a, it's kind of a a hard, his case is kind of a hard one to, to figure out because there, there's the piece where I feel like he's getting more yards and are there a lot of times. Um, But he doesn't have necessarily, he hasn't necessarily had the, the, the high level breakaways that we're used to seeing from him. And then the other piece of it is this is a different staff. And I think I think to some degree this staff hasn't proven yet that they can run the ball even when teams sell out completely to stop them. Which is something that which is something that the previous staff, you know, all other warts aside, could do. We saw them do it in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one when they didn't have much threat of a passing game. So there's a lot of different factors that kind of go into the Taylor thing that make the evaluation on him difficult. But I, I, I do think, um, and it did kind of come up to me, you know, in my head yesterday, it, we haven't seen him really go off in a long time. 
No, we haven't, uh, and we need to, and with the contract and everything else. I, no, I think running the ball on Jonathan Taylor and everything, I, you know, I think if Anthony Richardson were here and we're playing, and next year if he's healthy, the running game, I think, will be the thing that's most different with this Colts team. The numbers, the quarterback running, uh, we saw Zach Moss earlier in the year have success, and one reason why was the threat of Anthony Richardson. I want to ask you about this, and Joel A. Erickson with us here from the Star on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Line. I know Doyle wrote about this. We talked a little bit about it, KB, uh, and that is the feeling of 2021. And that's been a little bit of a narrative going into this Raider game on Sunday. And obviously some of the players are the same and many of the players are not. Is that a storyline for you, Joel? How does it feel the same? How does it feel different this week, do you think? Well, it, it feels very different to me. And, and the biggest reason is just this this is not the plan. Like the the, the Colts, the Colts that, that are out there right now. This this is not Plan A, Plan B. I think we're probably on Plan C or Plan D right now in terms of. I, I don't I don't really think the Colts expected to contend this year. Um, you know, going as young as they did at corner and and leaving the defense in honestly putting the defensive coaches in honestly a pretty tough spot in terms of what they can do um, in terms of relying on the secondary. That's one piece of it. Obviously, the, the obvious huge one is, you know, in 2021, Carson Wentz was supposed to be the quarterback and right. he played all the games. And Gardner Minshew is not supposed to be the quarterback. Right. He's not the plan at quarterback. Um, the other piece of it is if you look at this, like if you look at this team, and where their rankings are, and you know who who they've been throughout the season, like it it's a mistake to look at this team as you know a surefire playoff contender because outside of outside of where they rank in sacks, they're fifth in sacks, and outside of Michael Pittman being top ten in receptions, this is a team that is not you know exceptional at any one thing on either side of the ball. And that has to do a lot other than takeaways. They're good at takeaways on defense. And that that's because I think the, of the transitional nature of the way they set this up and because they've, they've had so many injuries and they're on their backup quarterback. Like, like you just mentioned, the run game has been very up and down, but I think that a key part of this, of this staff's run game of Shane Steichen's run game is having a quarterback there to draw attention away from people. So, if this, you know, if if they don't make the playoffs, if they end up with a collapse down the stretch, it's it's less to me like like it was in 2021, where it's an indictment of what they're trying to do overall, and more just this is a team that has its record is is probably a little bit over its head. I mean, this this is a team that's I think oh they've overachieved yeah they've overachieved up yeah, until now they totally have yeah scoring differential they're yeah. 20th in DVOA like they've overachieved and so. If they don't make it, it's more of a it's more of water finding its level, I think, with some of the, the issues that they've had. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Yeah, I, I was kind of nodding my head throughout that answer, Joel. All right, uh, Santa brought what to the Erickson boys, if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> uh, well, so they, in our house, the big presents come from the parents, and then everything else comes from Santa. Um, so the big presents were my oldest son got a base got a baseball bat for his his season coming up. The Let's middle go. one got a mini air hockey table, and then the baby got a wagon to get <sighs> drug around in. 
at all of the yes. all the baseball games. And then I think, in terms of the Santa gifts, uh, a lot of books in the Erickson house for the first time. Uh, there, there's these books called Dogman books and Investigators books that, that the kids love. They are full of bad puns, but the kids love them. Um, oh boy, and, sounds like a good sports writer. <laughs> and then a lot of a lot of a lot of Legos. A lot of Legos again, and uh, and uh, the other one that we have to kind of monitor, um, Spencer, my my five year old, uh, got a uh, a Spider Man uh, sh- web shooting thing that includes silly string, and it also shoots water. And so we've been we've been trying really hard to keep him shoot keep him to shooting water until there's like a good moment for the silly string. And he very yeah, that's badly a parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> sounds fun. That sounds awful. <laughs> now what, what 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 brand of baseball bat are we on to these days i you know growing up for me it was like boy i got to get my tpx i got to get my easton easton what yeah. are my what, what, what are my what, what are baseball brands i got to look forward to here in the next couple of years well i didn't i didn't go full out like crazy with the top of the line with like a like one of the really big time d or something like that but uh i talked to i talked to some some friends of mine who are uh, some of them, well, at least one of them, you know, Kevin, uh, whose, whose sons are in, in, you know, travel ball and in that kind of thing. And so we ended up with a, we ended up with a Marucci Cat 9. Um, <laughs> That's is great. that an ode and, uh, to former Lions legend Steve Marucci? I'm unfamiliar. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's also, it's got the colors of his team on it. So I thought he would like that, you know. Uh, great idea. Yeah. Very nice. The only hard part nice. about getting a baseball bat is that you can't like necessarily go outside and throw a bunch of pitches right away. Yeah, although yeah, Christmas Day was nice, but yeah, it's certainly a little bit of a chill in the air. Uh, Joel, glad everything worked out for you, Atlanta travel wise. I'm sure that was chaotic getting back here and uh, being with the kids and everything. Uh, but appreciate you making time for us on this Thursday morning, and uh, we'll see you in a bit. Yep. See you guys. And by seeing a bit, I mean I will not see you, but uh, a lot <laughs> of say, other people you, will you, be seeing you. Go into the, you going the out to the complex today? <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I'm just so used to saying that to like Stephen Holder and Joel that uh, for some reason I said it. No, by the way, I want to give a shout-out to Bill. Bill is in here with me in the weight room. Um, Bill is a big Lions fan. Okay, and Bill. And Dan Campbell would be very happy with Bill's effort on the elliptical machine He's still right going, now. Dan dude. Campbell is foaming at the mouth seeing Bill's effort. Bill is pumped for his Lions, NFC North champions, uh, ready to get on a run and bite some kneecaps. I mean, Bill's been – he's been going at it for every bit of a half an hour. Has he not since oh, before? Bill's not done. Joel. No, he – trust me. Uh, Good like for him. I said to you, my effort in working out is I'll shoot 30 free throws in our basement building. Uh, as first that first drop of sweat falls on the brow, then I say, all right, time to take a shower. You deserve it, Kevin. Great effort here. How does Mark Dyke find the I've Bills never, or the never, Lions fight song never, so quickly? I don't know if I've ever heard that. Plus it said – They played they play after every they, touchdown. The, the I blue, went to a Bears-Lions game at Ford Field, and this guy runs out on the field after every touchdown and sings it. The uh, the the blue and silver do not yield. Uh, literally, the Lions have been yielding for uh, for 
<laughs> for decades. If there is a team who's only yielded, it might be them. Well, at least you have someone in there that if they're, you know, they might have their AirPods in, but if not, they're listening to your side of a sports radio show that isn't bad. It's somebody, you know, who's fine listening to sports talk radio, who probably does yeah. listen to sports talk radio. It's not, you know, I don't want to stereotype anyone who wouldn't listen to sports talk radio, but it's not that person. S. Bilfy wants to play yeah. a live version of a pop quiz and come to Indy to pick up an oil change. <laughs> and, and, you know, I haven't asked him about his Detroit Lions, you know, or excuse me, his Detroit Pistons losing, oh. what, 26, 27 in a row. It's tonight, right? Pistons Celtics to, is this to tie the record? Of multiple seasons, is. is this right? It, it is, and we're you know tell Bill we're all rooting for them just to keep losing. I don't have a number, but I want them. <laughs> I kind of want them to get at least a forty. I don't know why that number. Like I don't know, can they get to the All Star break? Probably not. That's too far down the uh, Lions down the road. Cowboys Ooh. Saturday night, kind of a fun Saturday a night game. game this weekend. Oh, Better land just a little bit. In week 17. All right, pop quizzes coming up in a few, as Mark Dykton said, 317-239-1070. Andy, why don't you lead us off in a morning check down? The morning check down. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, I want to play these two clips for you, if you don't mind. One's from Jonathan Taylor and one's from Ryan Kelly. Just to clean up some of the stuff we asked there at the end uh, from Joel A. Erickson. We've talked about it. I know Greg Doyle wrote about it today in the Star, and that is, does you know, does this feel like 2021, the late collapse? I think, you know, if they lose one of the next two or the next two KB, that is going to be a conversation piece. But it doesn't feel like the organizations are anywhere close to what, you know, what, what we thought they would be back in 21 and 20. 23 this year. I thought Joel's answer was perfect, but the players were asked about it yesterday. Here's Jonathan Taylor. It does because you failed in a sense, so you were, you had the opportunity to learn, and especially with some of the younger guys, you're able to, to at least teach them or give them a little bit of knowledge that you have from from your experience. So hopefully they can take that into consideration, thought, and really put forth effort in knowing like this. We we need to be all gas on the all gas on the pedal this week. Uh, so that that's, yeah, I, I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to add this to, to piggyback off Joel. I can't go there. Um, oh, you know, I Carson can't Wentz, the, the Carson Wentz, the question was, can you resurrect him? Sure. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you can't. And now you're back saying, all right, what are you going to do at quarterback? You don't have that thought no matter what happens these next couple of weeks. Plus, it Taylor, can be a bit dis- plus Taylor was great. He was 1,800 yards or whatever it was two years ago. Sure. It could be a bit disappointing, but no. I mean, with Shane Sykin and Anthony Richardson moving forward, uh, no way uh, you would have that that thought. Uh, here's Ryan Kelly, just to clean it up. Here's Ryan Kelly was asked the exact same question yesterday. Two years ago, you know, setting yourself up to be uh, controlling your own destiny is pretty tough in this league, and we've done that um, you know, through the first 15 games. So uh, going into this game, not needing you know this person to lose, this person to lose, right? Uh, but it, it's certainly not going to be rolled out there and it's going to happen, right? You have to make it happen. You have to, you have to take with yours, so uh, that's certainly the, the uh, mentality of this team right now. Again, we'll find out later today, but it looks like Braden Smith will participate in his first practice in three weeks. That would give the Colts their entire starting O-line, uh, and that hasn't happened too often this season. Uh, but when it has, there's been pretty good success. Michael Pittman Jr. progressing through the concussion protocol, so good news on that front as well. Again, a Colts slight favorite over the Raiders coming up on Sunday. <laughs> 
All right, tonight in Chicago, it's Pacers and Bulls. 8 o'clock tip. Our coverage will begin at 7.30. Indiana also a slight favorite in that one. You know, no Zach Levine, no Nikola Vucevic for the Bulls, but they actually have been kind of good here over the last week or so. They've won four or five, so something certainly uh, to keep an eye on here. But again, Pacers and Bulls. Uh, I assume, Andy, I, I would uh, assume that you're under the same impression, uh, the same starting lineup for the Pacers with Bruce Brown out again tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And just something that Scott Agnes talked about earlier, I, I guess I have to decide w- what I feel here. But if they win some games, I, I, I'm not one of those people that feels like you just need to give Bruce Brown uh, his starting his starting job back. I, I guess I just don't feel that way. I think he's a fine player. I think he also can come off the bench, and I don't think there's anything too crazy with him doing so. If you're rolling along, I mean, you know, Benedict Matherin and his development is one of the most important things this season, and this team did what? They brought him off the bench, and there's been games he's played in the teens with minutes. So if you're going to do it with your future, you can do it with your present with a guy that, you know, you don't need to have on the team uh, uh, more more so than this year. Now, you're moving around here. What's going on? Is everything okay yeah. in the gym or what's happening? Yeah, I told Bill I'd give him the bench. I've been using okay. the bench to put my laptop on, but yeah, I'm going to move over to the other side now. Bill's been such an unbelievable hero so, for me here in the last so you, hour. You were, so. I didn't know you were sitting on the floor with with a bench being your table for your laptop and Comrex and everything else. Yes, I've been on the floor for the last two and a half hours. I've got pain in the leg that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go, I, I, are there I, any was, of those like big balls you can sit on or something like that? You're trying to get some yeah. like, well, motion in your hips or something going? Andy, you see the big yeah. old medicine ball uh, there? I see the yeah. big medicine ball. Yeah. Sure. Uh huh. I didn't know what yeah, we were so, talking uh, about. The big ball with what we were talking about about 45 minutes ago. I was wondering, what's Mark Dighton talking about here? This is Key West. Uh, moving, on, moving on to Thursday <laughs> Night Football, the not the place. whistle bar here of optional clothing. Uh, it's Browns and Jets. Browns win. They are in. They are a touchdown favorite. Did I see Amari Cooper is kind of questionable for tonight? I think fantasy owners would care about that. Yeah, th- their injury report was lengthy. I think you gave us that earlier. Yeah, they've had a bunch of people sit out of practice, which is not surprising. No, um so the Jets it's is it is it Trevor Simeon? Again. It is. It is tre- it is God. the fighting Trevor Simeons. Unbelievable. <laughs> Flacco versus Simeon. That's what we've got tonight. And one of them is great. It, it, it's, know, it's Flacco versus Simeon, and one of them right now is is having a resurrection Flacco of his looks, career. Flacco looks like 2012 playoffs <laughs> all over again here. Uh, bowl games of note today. I lost money on Tulane. I won money on West Virginia and there Mayo. So that's a split from yesterday. Uh, what do we got? We got Fenway Bowl at 11 a.m. Boy, yep. 11 a.m. bowl game. Nothing S- says SMU, Fenway Bowl like yeah. that. SMU Boston College, followed by Rutgers Miami, followed by NC State Kansas State, followed by a nightcap's a pretty good one, Oklahoma and Arizona. That's number 12 and number 14. And of course, I have no idea who is playing, who's not playing, who's left the program. Is it a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, a bunch of redshirt guys? I have no idea, but four games, and at least two of them look to be top 25 matchups. So can I be happy if Notre Dame wins their bowl game tomorrow? How does that work for me? 
I think I, you go to Garden of Eden and you celebrate. Well, here's what it here's what it is. If you win a bowl game, you get to add it. So if you have a nine win season, you add. It, you say, "Wow, it's a it's a ten win year," and yeah. that's what that's what your guys trying to do. That's what Notre Dame is trying to sure. do. Wow, it's a ten win season. I mean, it's year number two. He's building the program. It's a ten win season and everything else. If you lose, you do what like Louisville fans who got beat up by USC last night in their freshman roster. You say, "Well, it just it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's a bowl game. These guys don't play. They're out there loafing it." So you know. You can take either side there. I say whatever for, you want to do. For every every point or every let's say every touchdown, every touchdown Notre Dame scores, you take off an article of clothing at the Garden of Eden. Yeah, that's what, a good that's idea. What you do Boy, that's true fandom right there. Mark, I don't think the you know in the state of Florida again. There are a lot of people that I don't feel like should be doing the optional clothing thing. I don't think anybody wants to see that, man. Well, I won't be there, so it won't matter to me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I think if you want now, to put your I fandom on the that. line. I did do that for Micah Shrewsbury, of course, back up. Uh, by the way, if we want to talk Notre Dame getting ready to start their ACC oh, play, no. uh, just 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 let me know here. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we See, haven't carved out here's time the for prob- that. Here's the problem with you. It is, it's not like spring break or anything, but people are traveling last week and this week and everything else. So if you went to one of these and you took off any articles of clothing – I mean, you're not in Jamaica or the Bahamas or no, something like no. that. There would be, you know, there would be someone from Greenwood that would be there, like in the bar. There would be someone. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you, Kokomo. I mean, Kokomo. Bill's from, from Franklin, Detroit. Indiana. I mean, it's not like we're, yeah, you know, I'm not in a foreign country here. Right. This is not Maddie Lubber studying abroad with Jenna Fisher and you know Barcelona or somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> no worries. I will make sure to you know respect my uh, myself and not go down that path. Looks like there's a villages uh, right, location uh, at, at Key West. This as well, Kevin. So you got some blue hairs running <laughs> around too. I forgot about our villages craze with the old <laughs> Florida Atlantic Owls back in the tournament run. All right, uh, coming up next, it is time for the pop quiz. 317-239-1070. Andy Sweeney, yesterday you called it one of the easiest you've seen. Yep. I would not call that oh, today. Boy. Scotty bit back. I've not looked at it. I'll I'll break it open during the break. Was is it bad? Although I think there is a Joe Flacco connection to one of these answers. Okay. That'll be my hint here. All right. Yeah, I mean, two itself is just brutal. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, Pop Quiz is next, 317-239-1070. Have you studied... 
Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the pop quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, pop quiz time here on the Wake Up Call. We did pretty good yesterday. We got four out of five. But that's not five out of five. I think Scotty bit back a little bit on this one. So uh, we got some callers. We're ready to go. It's a pop quiz. Uh, KB, where do you want to go? I'm going to let you pick. You're smiling. What's going on? You see the smile on on my face? I do see the smile. We got a Notre Dame fan in the fitness center. Is it Bill or is it somebody else? Bill's brother-in-law is in the building. His name oh, is boy. Greg, and he likes the Irish. Should we talk Mike or Shrewsbury? Well, does he do, like? You think he, does he like you basketball think he too? I'm crazy for liking Notre Dame basketball more than <laughs> Notre Dame football. Yeah, you're the only one. I've never met anybody like you. Like literally in my life. Does he know? Did he know who the basketball coach was at Notre Dame? Uh, it was just a brief interaction. Okay. We've not discussed Notre Dame basketball too in depth yet. Good for him, bad for me, but uh, I, I will certainly ask him during the yeah. break. Well, I'm sure uh, coming up in about 10 minutes, a lot of uh, Heron Goaty takes will be happening uh, there exactly. in yeah. Key West. Bonzi Colson, yeah, Luke a lot of Bonzi Colson. Uh, where do you want to go? Give us, uh, give us a number, KB. We're ready to go. We got uh, full lines uh, here. Let's go. Let's go with number three. Number three is Ryan. Ryan, good morning, man. How are you? Not bad. How are you guys? Good, Ryan. I guess I'll lead the way here. Uh, wh- where are you calling from? How's your holiday uh, season going? Holiday was great. Um, yeah, I'm at, I'm at work. Um, I, I hear this uh, this pop quiz is going to be a doozy, so I'm ready for it. <laughs> is this forklift, Ryan? No, no, it's not forklift, Ryan. It's uh, floor guy, Ryan. Floor okay. guy, Ryan. That's right. We, we have spoken before. All right, Ryan, good luck. Andy, go throw number one out. All right, Ryan, let's go. Let's get a winner here on this Thursday. Question number one. The Pacers are in Chicago tonight to take on the Bulls. Who leads the all-time regular season series, Pacers or Bulls? Hmm. Say the Bulls. All right, number two here, Ryan. The Colts host the Raiders on Sunday. Colts and Raiders met in the AFC Championship game following the 1970 season. Johnny Yu started at QB for the Colts. Who was the starting QB for Oakland? Was it George Blanda, Tom Flores, Daryl LaManca, or Kenny Stabler? Uh, Stabler. What year were you born, Ryan? 75. You sure about Stabler? Uh, I mean, LaMonica. <laughs> I like it. Question number three. Which of the following is not a college football bowl game being played this season? Is it the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, or the San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl? God, those all sound fake. Um, I'll go the poinsettia bowl. Okay. Look at okay. this We got here. something here. Ryan, today is the 65th anniversary of the greatest game ever played. The Baltimore Colts 23-17 overtime victory over Andy's Giants in the 1958 NFL championship game. Colts receiver Raymond Barry had 12 catches for 178 yards and a TD in the win. Barry's 12 catches would remain an NFL title game record into the 21st century. Who broke Barry's record? Is it A, Deion Branch, B, Demarius Thomas, C, Wes Welker, or D, James White? 
And Welker with a slot machine, so I'll go Welker. This is kind of the hint that I gave before the break. I don't know if you caught that, Andy. Wes Welker is the answer here from Ryan. All right, question number five. That's a good question. Question number five on this day in 1947. 1947. This team won its last NFL championship, starting the longest active NFL championship drought. Name the team. I'll give you a hint. They've been several different cities. Several different cities. They've kept the same name. It's not the Colts, but like the Colts. Uh, Would it be the... The Browns? Final answer? Um, several different cities. Uh, Think uh, baseball. Think baseball. Uh, the uh, uh, red um, uh, football team, the Washington Commanders. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you did a good job, Ryan. You did a good yeah, job. Yeah, and honestly, I'm just glad you didn't cuss, Ryan. I thought for a second there you might cuss, so um, <laughs> at least you didn't do that if we're looking for positives. Uh, Andy Sweeney, that was quite the start from Ryan there. It was. I see in the reflection, I see Bill lifting in the background. Was he lifting a kettle? Kettle bell, is that yes, what they call uh-huh. it? Is that what he's... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't think are... I'm going to be uh, taking part in those activities later. Uh, question number one, who leads the all-time regular season series, Pacers or Bulls? The answer was Bulls. You got Loud it right. and proud. It's 104-100, which is uh, Scotty and I were talking, which is a lot closer than I would have thought. Do you want me to do all of these, by the way? Like, uh, sure. Yeah, right, well, got the next care. two right, uh, didn't he? D- Daryl LaMonica. Yeah! Hey, got it. Uh, is the answer to number two. Which, of the, see. Yeah, correct, which of the college football bowl games is not being played this season? Ryan, you were right. It's the Poinsettia Bowl. The last time that was played, seven years ago, in 2016. And then you gave what Wes Welker as the answer to number four. The actual answer, Demarius Thomas. Remember with Peyton Manning? Demarius Thomas would just catch those little screens and would just run for 15 yards every single time. You don't get to come back to <laughs> And the final and one, the it was the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, Ryan. They've yeah. been Arizona, Phoenix, St. Louis, and Chicago. Good effort, though. Good effort. We'll do it one final time here. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy, 93.5 on a 7.5, the fan. Okay, there we go. Now we got you. KB, there you go. You got me? Loud and clear? Yeah, we've had some technical things. Poor Mark, the last 10 minutes. He is sweating bullets right now. Well, not (laughs) my head. Just get to 10 o'clock. So we're off the rails. I I feel so bad for him. It is. It's 9.52. He needs to go about five more minutes. And then we'll this be good to Purdue go. This is Purdue against a 16 seed come March. <laughs> We're just tr- we just need to survive to the second round. Uh, it looks like it's raining a little bit outside, so I assume some indoor activities. And again, thank you to everybody that have sent various activities to do in the Key West area. And if you got any, uh, shoot them my way. But yeah, it could be a little bit of an indoor day for us down here. Who is? Uh, I see there is a man lifting weights next to you. Is that Bill or is that the Notre Dame fan or is that That's somebody Greg, new? My diehard Notre Dame fan. Okay. Yeah, uh huh. Okay. He's exactly. working out. Get a little pump We're in. We're gonna bond over the Irish. 
fresh air. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you are. So he's uh, ready for the Sun Bowl tomorrow. <laughs> hey, who isn't? You guys just need to get together. You know, bring the families together. You'll make a lifelong friend. You guys can become friends on Facebook and stuff go like that. Go to the that. Garden of Eden. Yeah, go to the Garden Eden with some random people. Uh, all right, let's let's do this one. This is about a minute or so. Jair Alexander is a corner, and he's a good player for the Green Bay Packers. He's he's been kind of often injured in his career. What I didn't know is he's basically been a healthy scratch for several weeks. So there's been some back and forth. Is he injured? Is he is he not? Has he fallen out of favor with the team? Again, this is a number one type corner, but he's also he's also a little loony. Like this dude, he's he's a he's a little crazy, which I love. Um and he's a good player. And so and I didn't know he did this. So he got suspended KB for one game. He got suspended for the upcoming game, and I even forget uh, who the Packers play coming up on Sunday. And he's been suspended. The Vikings. There you go. Of course, massive game. He's been suspended because he's from Carolina, had family and friends in attendance when they played Carolina this past weekend, and he took it upon himself to... Uh, he moved the captains aside. He went to midfield before the game and called the coin toss. Now, you may say that's not that big of a deal. Okay, he wasn't supposed to do it. Nobody knew he was going to do it. The coaches didn't know that he was going to do it. Uh, and so he got suspended. And one of the reasons they feel like he got suspended was he, he didn't technically defer. He said, we want to play defense. And the ref helped him a little bit because what that could have meant was they would have started the game and started the third quarter on defense. Is technically how he called it out. I will play. We want to play defense. He didn't defer, and uh, he was helped out. But it could have been bad for the Packers. They could have had uh, given the ball to Carolina there, both at the beginning of the game and the start of the second half. He was asked about it yesterday at his locker, and he had big Hollywood sunglasses. And again, he is a cocky guy. Take a listen. Were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains and you were the fourth and you called a toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know, so. So you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like, a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know, so they, they knew I was from here. Did you realize you almost made a big mistake on the call, though? What I do? Well, you said we want to go on defense. Yeah. Which, in theory, could they could have said, then you're electing to kick to to uh, kick off, which you had lost the opportunity then yeah. to receive in the second half. Yeah. No, I told them that uh, I said uh, I want I want our defense to be out there, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. They like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah. I guess. Okay. <laughs> did, he, did he say that to you? Yeah, he did. The mic, the mic was on. And I, oh, I, I, was? Yeah, he heard you. Hear that, yeah. Oh, really? Nah, he was just like, defer? I was like, yeah. Everybody was like, yeah. yeah. Everybody was laughing. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? It's pretty obvious what I'm asking for. So did anyone say anything to you when you got back to the no. sideline? <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> I don't think he knows. Like, I don't think he gets it, right? That's great no, sound. Not at all. You know, I, I, I said to you earlier in the show, I, I thought the uh, suspension for a game was a bit much. After hearing the audio, though, I think it's perfectly acceptable. And to your point, uh, this is a guy that, and I'm not going to pretend to be locked into the Packers, it seems like he's had a few run-ins yeah. internally with the organization over yeah. the years. And, and the thing is, he is a great player. I can't great player. T- I can't One of the best corners t- in yeah, football. I can't tell... 
if if I want if I don't want him on my team. Like I we all agreed that it's funny, but do you go as far as saying, "Hey, if he was a free agent, I don't want him on my team because of some of this silliness." I don't know if hey. I'm willing to go that far, but he's a good player. You want to have elite corners and wideouts, you better accept a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's and usually and he's one of them. Uh, how many guys uh, Col- are in the gym right now? I'm looking. Is there still just the three? I thought I saw a new guy enter the gym. It is growing. Okay. I think we're at a fire hazard oh, here slowly, and, and people oh, are boy. about ready to call the cops on me, so I'm going to have to exit here. Uh, Colts' first practice of the week coming <laughs> later today. Again, the estimation of the injury report on Wednesday was good, with Michael Pittman Jr. listed as limited, Braden Smith listed as full. Uh, so those will be important steps for those two. Andy and I said earlier, the, those might be your two most indispensable yeah. players, or the two most indispensable players on your team. And then Pacers, Bulls tonight, Indiana, slight favorite over Chicago for that one. Everybody have a great Thursday. Thanks for putting up with us today. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton signing off. Wake up call. KB and Andy, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.